0: Everybody, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite Swimbait Podcast Scales and Tails. Big episode tonight. Episode 69, the big 69 episode. We are joined by two uh two gentlemen behind a uh, bait building company that you guys probably know about, but you like, I, I never see their baits for sale. Like, what the hell? These guys don't actually make baits. And hopefully uh they're here to to answer some questions that uh, the ongoing masses have. If you're unfamiliar with, with how their stuff works today, we're joined by the guys Behind L F O D, Mister Colby Cooter, 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 Cooter. Uh, (laughs) Cougars for fine, Cooter. There you go. (laughs) uh, Then, then Mister John Perry. So I will let them introduce themselves, and we'll get to answering all your guys' questions on why the hell you can never get one of their baits. (laughs) Oh come on!
1: What what an intro. Um, What's up, everyone? This is John Perry here. Um, I am a 36 year old white male. And uh, I have a (laughs) full-time job. I actually work for a local school district here in New Hampshire. Um, I manage their security systems and uh, have many, many hobbies. Super outdoorsman, fisherman, obviously, hunter, and uh, part-time bait builder.
0: Are your pronouns he, him? Is that okay for tonight's episode? Uh, Whatever
1: you need them to be, they are. (laughs) Perfect. What's up, guys?
2: Uh, Colby here. lot of you guys know me i'm sure maybe maybe some of you don't um same thing work at the school district with john uh work on grounds there and uh we met through swim baiting swim baiting is a huge part of my life um it's it's gone on to my dad and parts of my family and, and really good friends and uh um yeah same thing huge outdoorsman uh big hunter 365 days a year i'm looking for deer um and I look forward to every season and, uh, building baits. So.
0: Heck yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, you guys touched on it being like super big hunters, you guys, you guys go hard in the paint during hunting season. And like, even those couple months adding, like getting into it, how, is that how you guys started your, your outdoor, uh, you know, your outdoor enjoyment or was fishing kind of the first thing that you guys got into or how did it go for each one of you, I guess?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Um, So I have been obsessed with the outdoors um, as a kid. I mean, I grew up in basically the 90s. I I was born in 86, but grew up in the 90s. We didn't have really TV. We didn't have cable. We didn't have video games. So I was outside building forts, playing in the river. Um, Fishing kind of came into my life um, with my dad. I mean, we would just go out kind of pretty typical, you know, story. Go out with your dad and, um, you know, do some fishing. Um, Nobody in my family hunts. Um, I got into hunting kind of late in the game and what actually got me into hunting was archery. Um, I started, um, I got myself a bow and was obsessed with archery from day one. Um, and then I said, you know what, I'd really like to hunt, um, and got into archery hunt. And that's typically what I primarily do is archery hunt. Um, I kind of, I kind of rip on Colby cause he, you know, he picks up a rifle, but, um, you know, I, I love archery and I love hunting with art, with the bow. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've been obsessed with the outdoors and continually, I mean, that is, if I can be outdoors, I'm happy. And either it's on the water or in the woods. Um, Colby puts a lot more time than I do in the woods. He's a big scouter. uh, But we both enjoy the sport. And uh, I I joked with him all the time. I said, just tell me where to sit and where the deer (laughs) are coming from, and I'll I'll get one. (laughs) So, But I'll I'll pass it off to Colby how he kind of got into the the world of hunting and fishing.
2: Yeah. So um, I grew up. My dad showed me fishing when I was really young. I mean, I I probably was four or five years old when I started fishing, going to the local ponds and stuff like that, mainly throwing conventional. Um, And then he also showed me hunting as well. Um, Believe it or not, I almost consider myself more of a hunter than a fisherman, which is a lot of people would probably find that kind of crazy. But um, I live both of them. Uh, I live both of them 365 days a year. Um, Put a lot of time in scouting, um fishing wise and hunting wise uh, I'm
0: gonna, let me cut you off real quick i'm getting a call from work fucking unfortunately so let me stop yep. this real- your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by leviathan rods leviathan rods is a texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end made in the usa rod blanks every sale from leviathan helps support foster youth and their families with leviathan rods you're not only gonna feel a difference but you're gonna help make a difference too Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing at Depth 250 or a Bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Well guys, we had a little interruption. Uh, if you guys don't know, I'm an apartment maintenance guy and I was on call this week. And you know, I'm on call for seven days at a time and I'll never get a call. And this is only like the second or third time it's happened, but I'll sit down to record a podcast, get, you know, like 10 minutes into it, boom, phone call. So uh, unfortunately, I had to go work on, a, work on a heater, but we got it going and everything. And if you guys ever have any problems on your appliances, just, just shoot, me, shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll help you guys out. I'm pretty, pretty decent at troubleshooting some stuff. But uh, we were just talking before we started recording, and I'm pretty sure we kind of cut Colby off from his introduction to the outdoors. So I'll let Colby uh, take it from there, and we'll get back into it.
2: Yeah, so um, I essentially grew up in New Hampshire. Um, my dad was a big outdoorsman. Um, he went to college. He wasn't a big outdoorsman when he was younger, but he met a couple guys from Vermont and they got him into hunting and fishing and things like that. Um, and he passed it on to me ever since I was four or five years old. I remember, you know, hunting and fishing in New Hampshire, um, getting up on youth weekends, going hunting, um, all that sorts of stuff. And, um, my dad laid a good foundation as far as, you know, conventional baits and bass fishing and, and understanding how to target bass and things like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I got into it. It was pretty much under him. And uh, I learned a lot from him up until I was, uh, I would say, about 16 or 17, 18 years old. I started to branch off, kind of learn stuff on my own, try different techniques, things like that. Um, and then the story goes on after that and the swim baits and such. So.
0: Oh, yeah, man. John, how stuff. did you get into the bass fishing side of things? I can't remember if you touched on that or not.
1: Yeah, I think I did briefly. Um, Uh, So I got into obviously just like general fishing with my dad. It's one of those things that we just went out and, you know, throw little Rapalas and see what you can catch and anything was fun. Um, I didn't really get into bass fishing like specifically until probably high school age where I had some buddies that were big bass fishermen and kind of got into that focused, um, fishing more of a, um, instead of just fishing willy nilly, actually like trying to go out and do something and make it count. And, um, and then, um, yeah, we can touch base on how I got into swim a little, probably a little bit later. But yeah, yeah. A, just a general fisher. I mean, I remember. I think like everyone else, um, I can remember almost every memory with my dad on the water. You know, we we have we got a boat given to us and got out. Finally, got out on the water, um, and like you know, I remember my dad catching the, his biggest bass of his life on a little jointed Rapala, and like those are the memories that stick with you. And that's I think the drive where the drive started. Like, that feeling of, like, pursuing the biggest fish in that pond kind of got me on the more side of things of more focused fishing rather than general, hey, I caught a pickerel perch or, well, small bass, you know?
0: Yeah, uh, I just, I want to say it's funny you said Rapala because I had Noah Rosetta on last night, and he's from Philly, and he he said Rapala. And uh I, I figured that's how a lot of you guys like over East that northeast area. I figured that's how you guys all said it was was uh Rappel, but I was very surprised when you said Rapala, because that's how that's how I've always said it.
1: Oh really? I thought yeah, I could be completely wrong. I have no idea how you're supposed I've to say I've said Rapala. Rapala. Rapala? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so. that's how I've always said it. And I uh right. I talked about it with Noah. I was like I had a friend that always like, oh no, you say it Rapala, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> just how I do. it? one of those things. Yeah. I don't think anymore,
1: so I couldn't tell you how to say. <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. So did you guys meet each other before you got into fishing at all? Or did it all just kind of start when, when each other got into swim baits and stuff?
1: Yeah. So I'll take this one. It's kind of a cool story. So I have been building engineering, designing things pretty much my entire life. I grew up, my dad's an engineer, so kind of grew up building with my hands And this, this, this is going to kind of formulate my, my steps in life and how I got to where I was and met Colby. But basically, long story short, um, I used to build these ice fishing traps. Um, they're kind of like a jawjacker type of deal, but I used to build my own. And uh, I didn't know Colby at all. I was a big ice fisherman, and Colby actually reached out to me to buy one. And I met him in a, um, a gas station parking lot, and that's when the first time we met. And we kind of connected that way. So he was kind of like a customer. Um, and then we started talking, and he told me he was into bass fishing and hunting. And I was like, I'm just getting into hunting at the time. Um, and we connected through that, and I don't think it was probably it was probably another year and
2: maybe a year before well, we, we started hanging, fishing out. We were fishing the derby up at Newfoundland. Remember when we ran into each other at a bait shop? Yeah, there, right. And
1: then we we ran into
2: each other there. We were like, yeah. So it was
1: probably fishing? like a year back and forth messaging, and then we finally I think went out fishing. And um, I was a traditional fisherman at the time. This must have been what four or five years ago. Yeah, at least four or five. Um, and I was traditional fishing. And of course, you know, every traditional fisherman looks at a swim bait. Colby's been fishing swim baits longer than I have. Um, but you know, I thought he was a, an idiot. You know, he's throwing <laughs> these shark lures and I'm like, Yeah, you know, what are you what are you doing? And he's like, just watch. You know, this was his cool classic line, just watch. i you know, and I just give him shit and he would give me shit for throwing Sankos and stuff. But that's kind of how we connected. I think our first outing was a fishing trip. Um, and he was throwing um
2: I think some OG go-to's. Yeah. I was throwing go-to's back then. So I was really fortunate, um, you know, to come up under, uh, Sean Karen from, from go to, uh, he showed me a lot. Um, there's a long story of how I I know him and, and got to talking to fishing and, you know, about fishing with him. Um, but back in the day I was lucky enough to come, come up under him and have some really sick baits and, so that's kind of how I got started with those. But anyways, you know, long what you were saying. Yeah, like, he saw these baits. He had no idea what they were, and I'm like, yeah, they're custom and made. You know, yeah. So out of New Hampshire. <laughs> I, like, I think for funny. the
1: next, you know, year or two years, we started hanging out, and I was just getting into hunting, like I said. So Colby was already deep into hunting. He was fortunate to have his dad kind of coach him through. You know, I'm starting from scratch, and I it took me six seasons to get my first deer, and Colby wow. was prime responsible for that first deer. So like we connected at a level that, you know, it's one of those friendships that you have you felt like you've had for a long time. And, um, we have very similar interests and now we have, you know, the same job, you know, pretty much working at the same place. And, um, you know, I couldn't have picked a, a better person to kind of work with me on, you know, this swim bait journey. <clears throat> Cause, uh, you know, he was the one that got me into swim baits and we can touch on that. in a little bit later, once we get into, once we get in deep into that, but, yeah, so we were it was funny. We met each other out of the blue and he bought a ice fishing trap off me that I was making at the time and um now here we are. Now here we are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I will there say that's another thing. Uh all you guys on the in like the New England area always say trap and that always threw me for a freaking loop here. We just call them <laughs> tip-ups and I'm like, you know, traps are a really fucking catchy name. Why the, why do we call them tip-ups? You just start calling them fucking traps.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's they they um uh, I think New Hampshire Christian game calls them traps. Yeah, so, they
2: literally have it as trap. Yeah. On their so oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because them are allowed like two traps. Wait, and wait some we'll, them, what, what else do you call it? Oh, well, he's saying tip up. Oh, tip, tip up, up is yeah. What we call
0: them. Yeah, I didn't know if that's yeah. like if that's like what they're called out there too, or if it's like just if you guys even knew what a tip up was. If I would have just said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, no. there's, I
1: think, uh, the New England <laughs> side of things. There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of people use like jaw jackers and stuff for trout. And,
0: yeah. Okay. Um,
1: um, tip ups are pretty common. I mean, I think. Honestly, I don't know what people call them these days. Unfortunately, we don't ice fish as much as we, you know. the The winter for us is bait building season, so or mold making season, or whatever you call it. But <laughs> yeah, we don't get out as much. I mean, we used to go out all the time. We used yeah. to we used to put in every weekend and lay on the ice um, until we sort got deep into this hole of building.
2: <laughs> uh, we, yeah. so. so-
0: so the big question I had out of that story that you just said, um, who got who the who got who the job at the school district? Who got the first job there, and who was like, oh, they're hiring for this position?
1: So it's funny, Col- Colby's dad, um, Bob, who was a kind of a big part of our this bait journey. Um, he's a legend, but he um he actually was the HVAC technician here at the school. Okay. And um, he he called me one day and was like, hey, what do you you
0: know what do you do for
1: a living? And I met him through Colby. Obviously, we started hunting together. I think the first yeah. time. We were hunting together, and Bob was there, and I um, kind of met Bob that way. But then he called me at the blue and said, hey, what do you do for a living? And I told him at the time I was a technician for this security company. Um, and he said, well, you should give this guy a call. They're looking for somebody kind of what, doing what you're doing. And long story short, I've, I've been their uh, security manager for about four years now.
0: Heck yeah, man. That's, and, uh, and, that's then,
1: the and then Colby, I think, are you you're in now? Two. <laughs> so Colby actually got on, uh, got on the grounds. They had an opening on grounds. And uh, he got on the grounds team over there, and we uh, we worked together pretty much.
0: Is that, like, maintenance stuff, or is that just kind of, like, picking everything up, making sure sprinklers are working and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, he yeah. actually does. Yeah, go ahead. You yeah, so, so, like, uh, taking care of
2: all the athletic fields, stuff like that, mowing the fields, plowing during the winter. And then I also do, like, a hybrid position, so I do, like, maintenance and stuff, too. So I So oh, I work inside the school as well, so...
0: Yeah. Sounds like you guys are both pretty damn busy then. Cause you guys, you said you do the school district, right? So do you guys go, are you guys under a couple schools that you work at or work on? I should Oh say? yeah.
2: Yeah. And
1: there's, there's seven schools. So oh, um, you could imagine, you know, systems in each school and that's kind of what I take care of. And then obviously there's fields at each school that the grounds and he's in maintenance too. So he goes, you know, every, every school is on deck all the time. So
0: yeah. Damn. You guys are, you guys are busy folk then. I don't yes. know. Yes, we <laughs> So, kind of going from that, how did you guys? Uh, I mean, Colby had been fishing swim baits and stuff, and, and John, you had gotten into it or you had seen it. When when was the kind of when did you start fishing swim baits? I guess after uh, after you had seen uh, Colby doing it.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, I thought he was an idiot, and he's throwing <laughs> things that don't bass don't go after. And obviously, this is kind of like the the story that everyone tells, right? The transition. Fishing from traditional to, to um, you know swim baits. So you know I, Kobe, I remember we were actually ice fishing. It's funny. We this is a big circle. Ice fishing. He's like, hey, I have my baits in the car. Do you want to see them when we were leaving? I was like, sure. And I was expecting like you know a box of Rapala's with that tr- you know that tray that pulls out when you open the you know that's what I'm picturing right. So he pulls out this like plano <laughs> open case box you know with these you know go tos and. Bucas and um,
0: any Pats in there? No, no pads. No pads. No, no. pads. No, you know, Colby was really? pretty
1: pretty dedicated to the go tos obviously, because uh Sean's a good friend of ours, and him and yeah. um produces some sick baits, and nobody can get them. So, like, it's one of those things yeah. that. But so I didn't BBC's. know these. Yeah, I had the BBZ 50s, Pro fifty. 50, for 50. Sure. So yeah, I remember looking at this box and going like, "How much do you think all this is worth?" And he told me, and I shit my pants. You know, it's like <laughs> what. Like, what are you doing running around with this in your car? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are you yeah. So, you I know. I left
2: that thing on my tailgate a few times. Yeah. left it
1: <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I love to engineer and build things. So, I took, you know, took one in my hand and really studied it. And I, I remember looking up at Colby saying, like, I could probably make these. Like, I, I, think I, could, I think I could dabble in making these. And he was like, yeah. He's like, you know, of course, sure. So, and, you know, that was, you know, five years ago. And uh, I didn't actually start making anything, I think, for another two years or one, no, one year. I don't even know what it was. But, I, you know, I, I, once I heard how much they go for, it was not a matter of, like, hey, I want to sell them to make money, but more of, I, don't, I can't afford to buy them.
2: Yeah, so yeah exactly. I
1: can't. I can't fathom purchasing a lure for, you know, at the time, $30 was a lot for me. So, yeah. um, so what Colby recommended, and this was kind of getting into the bait world, was obviously a Spro 50 go get yourself a thirty six dollars pro 50 at bass pro and uh get into the world of swim baits and I thought it was really cool. I was like, man, if fish bite these things like this is awesome. This is, I was obsessed with top water like poppers and all that stuff like I love top water so like a wake bait was like right up my alley. so um I don't know if we want to start bridging into like my my swim bait fishing but um stop me if you wanna if you want to hold oh no, no up.
0: yeah man go go ahead into yeah so so basically, experiences.
1: Yeah, so I got, I got a Spro 50, like he said, and I, I tied it onto a regular, you know, like, jig rod and a probably a 200-size reel. And uh, I think I, I brought it out with me every time I went fishing and probably took three casts with it every time I was out. It was just because, there for luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things that, like, kept haunting me. I kept staring at it, like, I should be throwing this, but I know I can catch on a wacky rig Senko. I know I can catch the fish in here. And, was, and it's, you know, it, what you're confident in is what you throw. Um, so it was very difficult for me to, to dedicate myself to that swim bait, especially throwing what I thought was a big and heavy bait. Um, and then I remember Colby talking to Colby about it, and he's like, you've been throwing that spro. I said, well, here and there. And he said, what you need to do is just bring the sprow when you go out next. Just bring that bait and throw that. For the whole trip, and I was like, "Dude, like I can't do that." You know what I mean? Like that's gonna, that's gonna suck. Yeah. So I, I think it was a few months later. I actually did it. I left every rod at home. I took out the old Spro, and uh, I went to a local area, and uh, I think my first bass on it um, was, you know, probably like a three and a half or high threes. You know, which to me in the traditional world was a really good fish. Um, at the time, you know, in my traditional fishing, I've probably only caught one fish, you know, around four pounds in my entire. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe a few. Either way, this fish was a decent fish for me in general. And then on top of that, it was with the Spro 50. And I was like jumping up and down. I mean, I remember that. I'll never forget that bite, how it fought and like, holy shit, this is this is what it's all about. I voted the, the first thing I did was take a picture and send it to Colby. And was like, dude, like, I just caught this fish on this huge bay, this Spro. I get it. I'm in. Let's roll. And I fished the bag off that Spro 50, and it was responsible for a lot of my big fish. Um, you know, I think I, the, the first year I threw that Spro 50 um, full time, I had the best bass fishing year um, up till about recently um, as far as big fish. I mean, I wasn't a consistent big fish guy, traditional fishing. I was more of a consistent catcher. So this changed the whole world of fishing for me, as in you're going to catch quality bass over quantity. And sometimes the quantity comes in play as well. But I was hooked the minute I caught that fish. And then that following year, I dedicated myself to the Spro. And then I really started thinking about, all right, now I think I'm ready to start making these things. Um, and before I get into that, I'll let Colby kind of take over on how he got into swim baits and, uh, in that world, if that works for you. you...
0: Oh yeah, dude, that's perfect.
2: (laughs) Perfect. Um, yeah, so I, I was in the military for five years. I was in the air force. Um, I was living in Japan for a while. I actually did some bass fishing while I was there. I was, um, I was a munitions guy. So I had access to this area that helped had literally the only freshwater pond on the island. I was stationed in Okinawa. No and uh, so I used to go bass fishing there a lot. Um, and I was always a moving bait guy. Like I, I like buzz baits and like spinner baits and stuff like that. So I used to like throwing that kind of stuff. So that kind of transitioned well into like swim baits. Cause I was always looking for like those exciting strikes and stuff like that. Um, so long story short, I always knew Sean Karen. We actually played baseball against each other in high school. He played for Londonderry. I played for Goffstown. And then he knew my dad because my dad worked at Londonderry. So my dad was always kind of telling him about, hey, my son likes fishing, you know, that sort of thing. So me and Sean got in contact when I was actually just about to get out of the military. I, was, I had maybe like six months or something like that left. And I started talking to him. And I was really interested in, this, in the, uh, the swim baits. And uh, so we came back, or I came back, I got out of the military, I came back, linked up with him, and he, you know, he kind of got me started, he's like, you got to get a Spro. Everybody gets a Spro, I mean, the is a killer, like anybody, I recommend that to anybody who's going to try swim bait fishing, I mean, I think anybody knows that, like that, that bait it's just straight up catches, it catches, yeah. so I spent, I want to say like maybe a season, with the Spro, I had like four of them, you know, for me at that time, it was like, you know, that was like a hundred bucks in baits or whatever. So, you know, that was, that was a lot. And, uh, and I hammered that season. It was the best season I ever had bass fishing. I mean, I caught so many fish over five and I know in New Hampshire, like, you know, New Hampshire, like five pluses, that's a really good, fi- I mean, four pluses I like good for New Hampshire. Um, so if you're anywhere in like the sixes or anything like that, it's like, you're into like a really good fish. And I caught, like, multiple sixes. I caught my PB, which was, like, a seven three. Like, I, I had, like, an incredible season. So, essentially, fished that season. And then Sean, at that point, had offered me my first go-to. And I started fishing with him quite a bit. And uh, from there, you know, just kept fishing, fishing with him, gathered some more baits and gathered confidence and started getting into the more, like, custom side of baits versus, like, you know spros and stuff like that so that's pretty much my story as far as getting into it
0: strangely enough i i've never owned a spro rat for some reason never got into it never got one and then last year two years ago when i thought about getting one uh spro dropped it because bbz left and i'm like oh shit i'm not paying fucking a hundred dollars for a spro rat like i'll just buy a resin rat at that cost yeah it's like,
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah, the Spro's I call it the gateway drug of the swim bait world. I mean mm. it's it's there's it's responsible for so many big fish. And I think a lot of people overlook it because it's not, you know, your your cool resin bait or expensive resin bait, but like that's the bait I recommend to anybody asking, what do I get to get into swim baits? Um yeah, dude. there's oh
0: yeah. there's a handful, like the spro rat is a big one, the gantrell, jackal gantrell. And yep. then like either the Shine Glide or the S waver or even the Gancraft if people like can get a good deal yeah. for it. I feel like those are those are like the top four or five that people usually tend to get. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what's well, funny? That's that's a lie because now you can go on wish and you can buy like blanks and shit. Like I ran into a guy fishing the other day on the river and he had a like a whole tackle box full of like those really multi-joint little swimmers. I got, I got this whole box of, on $10 off a, off yeah, right. and I'm like, Oh, cool. And then he was bitching about the hooks and I'm like, Oh, well, you got the whole box and like 20 baits for $10. I wonder why you're bitching about the hooks.
1: right Yeah. I yeah. mean, you can get into the world pretty dang cheap. I mean, that's the best part about it is, you know, unfortunately I think a lot of people get stuck and, you know, they have to have an expensive bait, but you really don't, you just get it. What you, what you got to do is you got to fish until you get that feeling that you never want to stop. And that was – that's – I think the Spro is responsible for a lot of that for a lot of people. Um, but Colby had a quick story, about, I think, about the Gantrell, you said?
2: Yeah, I was going to say a, a quick story with the Gantrell because I went to Nepal um, and my dad – I think this was like maybe three years ago or something like that. Um, maybe four. No, I was more <coughs> – Yeah, it was actually four. well more than that. Yeah, yeah, maybe four or five. I don't know. Either way, I went there with him and I had a Gant- Gantrell – can I say it Ganterelle? Gant- yes. Ganterelle? I, like
0: I say Ganterelle. Yeah. Some, people, so, some people say Ganterelle. I don't know, dude. Yeah. You sure. uh, pala. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had gotten it brand
2: new. First, first time going and throwing it. We get out on the water, no net. I look at my dad, I'm like, we forgot the net. He's exactly. like, he's like, we're not gonna need it. Don't worry. It was cold. It was like April. It was, it was early, early April. April. So in New Hampshire, it was like really cold. Um and I'm throwing this thing, I'm throwing it, I'm throwing it, and I get thumped. And I like almost couldn't believe it. I thought I was stuck on like a, you know, like a tree or something under the water. I'm like, what's going on? And comes up, it was, it ended up being a six, four, um, no net comes to the side of the boat. And my dad had to bear hug the fish (laughs) into the boat because we didn't have the net and we both could not believe it. And that was the only fish I've ever caught on a Gantarelle. And I literally got, gave that bait away to a kid in Maine. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. that's so, so sick
2: dude
1: so, yeah yeah we have a lot great. we have a lot of hilarious funny stories with yeah with colby and his dad we have a lot of fun out there he comes fishing with us almost every time we go out which is really cool he's become a hammer with this one yeah yeah we got just giving him a few swim he baits he's become i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um all
0: right are you guys when you guys go out and fish or when you when you guys do or when you first got into swimbait fishing was it, you know, that New England classic where you guys in that crawdad fishing? Or, or how did you guys kind of start? When you guys started fishing together, what was that? Would that kind of play out like?
1: Yeah, so I, I've always had some sort of john boat, um, you know, whether it be uh, a, a plastic version of it. I've never really owned a crawdad. Um, I had, I've had many, tr- you know, 12-foot aluminums. You had a canoe, too, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I started with a canoe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I started with a canoe, which I don't recommend. Anybody doing a canoe with swim baits, it is the worst thing in the world. But Colby and his dad were big kayak guys, and I'm I'm six foot one, you know, two forty. So I don't I'm not a kayak guy. I don't sit in kayaks well, I don't fish in kayaks well. So I always had to have the John boat. Um, and we've always been Colby and I have always been fortunate to have something to get out on the water with. Um, and I think the John boat is probably the staple. And then I, I decked out a Sun Dolphin Pro 120, which was probably one of the coolest builds that i that i have i used to de- you know deck john boats and stuff that was my first like got into built you know in the bass side of things building john boats out and tiny boat nation on facebook and all that stuff um you can look me up on there if you guys are on there but i built some cool stuff but the little Sundolphin pro 120 was probably the coolest build i mean it was fully decked out live well lights leds everything like that so like i said I've been obsessed with building shit since I was a kid. So. Super, super versatile
2: build. We can, like, yeah. You we, could dump that thing in anywhere. And that was
1: kind yeah. of the idea of what I've always wanted is something versatile that can dump into these small little kayaks spots we have around. But, you know, at the same time can go in some, some big water if needed. Uh, but now I get the best of both worlds. Now I'm rocking a 19-foot tracker and I got the 12-wide tracker aluminum. Which and, and it's funny we use the 12, twelve wide tracker aluminum more than we do the big boat like I, way more yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I got I got that boat late last year so yeah, um, yeah. but yeah we've been fortunate enough to um, to have something to go on and I give shit Col- to Colby all the time because I'm like man you got you got the life you just show up hop on the boat your rods are already there get baits already there Colby Colby uh I'm living yeah, it yeah he's got the life I'm living it.
0: Yeah, man, you just got to meet him at the boat ramp. That's about it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. Uh Yeah. So, you, uh, it, Colby had showed you these these swim baits and stuff, and you kind of had an idea, and you started to see see success with the Spro Rat and stuff. John, how did you go about thinking of a bait and since Colby had kind of been doing it a little bit longer, did you, did he bounce ideas off you and you kind of take that in stride and to kind of start to form, form the, the shape of a bait in your head?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I, I started with this, I, I think I, the first actual bait I made was like a, a pined perch glide three piece type. I, you know, I had no idea what it was doing and that was like. I, I showed that to Kobe and he, you know, he's like, wow, it's, you know, pretty decent. It was, you know, with a rattle can. I mean, it looked like absolute dick. And, uh, and I, at the time I was like, I know it's not good, but this is a start. And he was like, all right, this is a start. And I think a year I didn't really get out of, I, I think I kind of gave up for a little bit there. Um, but then I realized like I got into the swim bait universe and that crowd and just studying everything about baits and building and selling and like ma- marketing and like, I didn't do a thing until I saw like, all right, I kind of understand it. I mean, the swim bait world, you explain it to, you know, from a builders or a consumer standpoint, you explain it to a business person. They go, what, like, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you it's a very touchy thing to get into like selling swim baits and building them, but anyway, I was like, I need to start with a rat. It's kind of a good one to start with, you know, and um, on my lunch breaks, you know, we have a wood shop at the, at the high school and I, okay. I don't know if you be even saying this out loud, but um, <laughs> on my lunch breaks, I would go down to the wood shop and kind of poke around for wood and stuff like that. And I kind of got, um, I've always been pretty decent at like drafting and drawing. So I kind of drew up a sketch and um, said, all right, this is kind of a cool shape. I really wanted raised ears because not a lot of people do raised ears. Because it's an app ab- that I found out later, it's an absolute bitch to mold. Um, <laughs> but I wanted something with raised ears. I wanted something kind of unique. And yeah, I mean, you know as much as I do how unique is so hard. To be yeah. unique in the swim bait world is very, very difficult. And that was kind of why I studied the market for a long time before I even produced anything or even drew, drew something out. So the rat was the first wood bait I carved. And I carved it out of the hardest wood, which was maple, which was also stupid. Uh, but you know, I'm very, um, anal when it comes to like symmetry and like, I think I have like a clinical problem, like a mental disorder. Um, like yeah. everything has to be 90 degrees and like, you know, I have that, that I think it's, is it OCD? I don't even know what it is. Yeah.
0: OCD probably.
1: But anyway, so I, well, my, I carved the first monk and that was the first bait that I carved and it's become an absolute staple in our lineup. But that was the very first bait, and I think I showed Colby like the first wooden, and that was clean.
2: You know, it was symmetrical. It was clean, raised. Yeah, ears. we were we were going fishing, and you you had the wooden master with you, and you you gave it to me, and when we were cruising on the spot, yeah, and I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, like, it was this, a whole was different. Like, this thing looks legit. Yeah, I mean, it was lights
1: and lights light, light years ahead of the the previous shit perch that I carved up. Um, but then I was like, all right, like I like the shape. Now I got to figure everything else out, and um, that in itself was, you know, a lot of people are coming into this world thinking resin baits are like easy. Um, to some degree, they are, but the other side of things, there's so much to learn. Just like carving a master and and having a clean bait come out of the other side of it and like be able to
2: many, reproduce. How many like obstacles did we get over? You know what I mean? Like as far as like running into roadblocks and things. Oh my God. The first going well, then you run into something and it was like, Oh my God. Yeah. There's so many steps. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, like
1: that is why I like, this is why I do this. And this is why it's fun because I'm obsessed with process. So I am obsessed with improving process and getting to know process and changing process. um, Till it's like a sickness. Right. So like, I, that's what I'm addicted to here is, is, is not only. Um, showing progress but changing process to pursue perfection that's a lot of peas but in my eyes I can never make a perfect bait and that's kind of like I'm I'm that to a fault but it also is one of those things that I can see my first v1 monk and look at the ones that we're producing now and go holy shit how far that's night and day we've come and what we've learned but I'll tell you a quick story about that very first resin monk that I made with my own mold, um, knew nothing about anything. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I knew literally nothing. And I started from scratch and learned like, wow, you can't just, you know, pour silicone on this master and have it work. You know, it, there's so much that goes into it, but the very first one I finally produced, I mean, it looked like the surface of the moon, right? It was one of those resin baits that's Like, It's, Hey, it looks somewhat like a rat shape (laughs) and the raised ears were all, you know, they were all destroyed because I didn't vent my mold and all that stuff. But anyway, first trip out with that. I think Colby wasn't there. Um, you still with me, Adrian.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How's this? Yeah. All
1: right. Cool. I just didn't know if I lost you. No, Um, the first trip out, I went to a local pond that absolutely gets hammered. I roll into this spot and the, it's probably what, how many acres is that place? 60 yeah
2: Yeah, 60 it's probably a
1: 60 acre place and i roll in there's eight bass boats in there and i'm like huh well i'm gonna wait this one out so i sat at the ramp until like sunset and i saw all these boats coming off and i i went out there with that first resin wrap that knew i knew it swam pretty decent and the first cast i had into this rock pile i stuck a 512 damn
0: largey was that your biggest was that your biggest bass at that point? Um, no, it
1: wasn't my big well, it was my biggest, obviously, swim bait bass, because that was like the first um well, yeah, no, it was my biggest swim bait bass. I think traditional I had like my biggest was like six and a half or something like that. Um But yeah, and then I was like, holy shit, I might have something here, right? So that's the that's the like not only do I have the feeling of catching this fish, but I just caught this, I just tricked this bass into thinking that. It's eating food. And that was with a raw resin, unpainted surface of the moon monk. And that I remember that feeling very. And I said, I'm going to pursue this until I'm dead and pursue perfecting this design and, and making these baits. And um, now we're, you know, I'm three, four years into it and it consumes me more than anybody knows. <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude. That's, that's so, I mean, that's so awesome. When you first started, did Colt was Colby like, okay, like this is, this is what rats on the market look like now. This is what you should try to do. Or did you kind of go and look You're like, okay, I just, I'm not going to look at any pictures. I'm just going to carve something and we're going to go from there.
1: Yeah. So I think I, what I did is uh, Colby invited me to swim universe. And that was kind of the world of like, all right, just go look at everything. And I kind of studied it. And um, you know, the, when I, I think I drew up the rat prior to looking at other rats. Um, and, I, and then when I did look at other rats, I'm like, all right, does this rat look like any other rat?" And I can comfortably say it does it did, you know it doesn't, and it didn't. And um, that's what I when I knew I, I, I had something to pursue. I had no idea if it was the right you know dynamics for swim, like the ratios. like every, you know, a design itself has to, not only has to, like, in my opinion, look good. But obviously, you have to have a
2: design that actually works and that as yeah, well. Like, we were still we were still going out fishing, and we were still throwing, like, I was still throwing go-to's. You were still Swirl, throwing, up, like, yeah. uh, the toxic, like, toxic oh, yeah, three-piece. Three like, we were still throwing other people's baits while we were testing baits, you know what I mean? Like, trying to try perfect the
1: swim and, yep. and all
2: that stuff. So Yeah,
1: and then I was, I, I got to the point where I could produce a few of these rats, and that's when Colby Colby got one, and I think we had a really good night out at. Um, yeah, yeah, we caught a couple fives, I think. Yeah, so once I saw Colby also catching him on the monk, and I was like, okay, now I got to dig in. Now I got to I got to really pursue this process of production. And I can still tell you to this day, production is the worst part about swim baiting. <laughs> um, is repeating process, but. Um, Every day I get better at it. Every day my molds get better. Every day it gets easier on post-production. Like, So that's kind of the pursuit here is like, you know, to the outside, it might be seeming like bait builders pursue money. And that's maybe some the case with some people. But like for me, I can tell you straight up, it has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with obsession with process and, and making a bait that works, looks good, lasts long and produces fish and um you know the monk is where it's started
0: yeah so you i mean you you catch that fish on it and did you when you guys molded it did you guys just make two one for each you or one for colby's dad too and then did you guys just go out and fish it before you're like okay maybe we have something here or was it just like holy shit like yeah i think start making these
1: Yeah. It's something we still adopt today. I mean, we put at least a year on a bait before it even gets long or before you even talk about it, you know Um, you know, obviously there's, there's a few exceptions there, but yeah, we, we put a solid season with just fishing those monks. Um, And at the time, like I, like Colby said, I still had the toxic three piece weight hog. Um, He was throwing some go-tos. Like we still had, we were still mixing it out of our, in and out of our box because we, we understand the importance of dynamics fishing. Like, you have to be dynamic. You have to.
2: Yeah, because at that point, we only had the muck. So, like, yeah, we, right. we had, like, one wake bait. That was it. So, it was like, right. we can't just fish this all the time. Yeah. You know?
1: So, we, we hammered the first season with that monk, And um, that was after that. I was like, okay, now, now we ha- might have something that we can, you know, start releasing to people, other people. Um, and that was when, right around the time we did our first drop. Um, I think it was like twenty baits or something like 17. that. seventeen baits, which seemed like now seventeen baits is really nothing, but back then, seventeen baits took us so long to make. yeah, it. that was crazy. I mean, the process was just horrendous, um but um those seventeen baits is funny, most of them are back to us. yeah, you know we've kind of we've kind of realized how far we've come, and those baits weren't bad. It's just like. I hate that those baits were even out in the public because of how
2: different our process is and how different they look today. Yeah. Uh, wanted people, like, we wanted people to have the best representation of our baits and not something that was from, like, back when we were still, like, we, you know, we were making baits, but we were still kind of learning, you know, so a lot's been learned since then, you know.
1: Yeah. It's super important for us to have people just, um, seeing what, what we're representing at the time. You know, unfortunately we're, you know, we're not going to do that forever because eventually there's going to be too many baits out there, but it's funny. We actually got most of that first drop back. I think we have like 15 or out of the 17 back and uh, we just swapped them out for the, for new generations. But um, so yeah, that, that whole learning and then the drop, the drop, you know, we, we knew we had some sort of um, momentum there. Um, I think those sold out pretty quickly within a couple like 20 seconds or something those 17 were gone and our eyes were like what just happened like
2: like we couldn't even keep track because it was like so many comments coming.
1: in. Yeah, we 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 didn't know how to do
0: anything. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was chaos. And we were like, wow, like what just happened. Um,
2: And then, you know, after we sold those out, we had nothing. So I was like, now we're gonna start all over again. Yeah, and to make another like seven would have been like, oh my god, we're gonna to have to be down yeah. here for another week.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So the 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 cool thing is, you know, in this process and still today is everything's done in house, and um, you know, the only thing we sub out for today is uh, is our lips. Um, everything else is done in house. Um, I make all the old, all of our masters, all of our molds. Um, the The process has just been refined over the last few years, and um, you know, I can comfortably say we're making the best baits, um, to date, um, that we've ever made. And, uh, I think next year where I'm going to say that again, and I'm confident in our process, I'm confident in, um, progress. And I think as a, as a consumer, um, I remember being a consumer in the swim bait world. Um, what I really liked in a bait builder was, was progress. And some of it just didn't stick with what, you know, the, you know, just made a better version of their bait what if it's every year or every two years like that to me was attractive so i know i wanted to be that as a builder is always progressing and always improving and never stop that process and try to be unique you know yeah try to
2: be unique in in i think gym, that's the hardest and, part in swim in action and in all and also all that you know paint whatever you know yeah i think it's um
1: it's one of those things as a builder It's 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 very 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 difficult to come out with a version of a swim bait that doesn't look like another another builder's swim bait and that's I um, I think early on I kind of adopted a look you know with the with the gill kind of sweeping into the mouth and very simple very clean Um, and that's kind of our signature and I I love it because it's you know everyone says you can tell an l from a mile away it has a very unique look and that to me like that was our goal. That's the goal from the beginning yeah. is to create something unique in the swimbait world that is very difficult to do. I mean, there are thousands of builders at this point, And it's, uh, <laughs> the, you know, one of those things you could always say they look like something. But yeah. to have your own signature look is a very, very difficult feat. And I think uh, I'm pretty proud that we have some sort of signature look at this point.
0: Yeah, dude. It's It's always... Super cool when when you watch a, not even necessarily watch but when you see a builder has their own style. I mean, you guys have yours. Uh, Kyle from Throwback, he had not necessarily that the eyes were anything crazy, but the eyes, the gill plate, and like his little uh, little fin carving and his yeah. tail. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then like you got you got guys like Caesar. Caesar kind of has that, like grunge paint style to it, and you can tell his stuff. Uh, same right. with uh, same with KGB. He kind of has like that that more uh non-refined looking bait and it's just it's cool because like you're like oh like these guys are legit like they're not just pumping out a bunch of baits like they're they're doing something and putting their own twist to it so like you can tell that it's their bait
1: yeah and i love that man because that's like that's what, what to me when i was looking through universe for the first time it's like i didn't know any of these bait builders names or i didn't know any of these brands it's like i have no idea what i'm looking at but now that you know a couple like five six years in I could pretty much name any bait that I see and I can know who made it and where, you know, yeah. who it came once from. you
2: get on like universe, you know, like once you're on universe, you get constant feed. Of, yeah, like, right. You know, you're seeing different baits, new builders, old builders, you know, you're seeing all that stuff. So it's, it's you know absolutely.
1: Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, once the, once the monk platform, um, kind of was built, I started making new baits and, um, I love carving. I think it's kind of therapeutic for me. So, um, carving new baits is something I'll always be doing. Colby gives me shit because he'd be like, John, we don't ha- we we have enough baits, we have enough models. And I'm like, dude, just watch. And <laughs> yeah. I'll come up with something else. And he's like, Holy shit. I'll be this like, dude, days. I need one. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, let yeah, me I need give for this
1: season. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> that's kind of my MO is I uh, you know, I you know, we might be getting our header signals, but I try to create at least new two new baits every year that at least we're fishing, you know, we are fishing, yeah, putting uh, yeah. through its pace because um, you know, some of them might not work out, but, um, I know that I can, you know, we're running out of options at this point. I got quite a few out there, but, um, you know, di like I said before, dynamics being that a dynamic fisherman, um, is, uh, I know is important, but new England, it's a waking crank, you know, that's what we throw is pretty much waking cranks. And, uh, we're going to get into the glide game, um, here pretty soon. And, uh, um, that's a whole different ball game that I don't, you know, I, it's, new to it so yeah but progression and always producing some new models is kind of what i think the plan is for lfod and um you know refining process and uh, just making some clean baits that catch fish and i mean the cool thing is i mean you go through our instagram um you know we don't have a ton of baits out there i would i think after the two gatherings we've been to and we probably have 250 baits, I'd say 250, 250 yeah. to 300 baits out there, which isn't that a lot isn't that much. So the content coming in is really you know it's hard to build content when you only have that many baits out there. and unfortunately, a lot of people don't fish them. Um, but we create kind of our own content, which is great. and I, I've said this from the beginning. Um, we're fishermen first and builders second. and uh, Kobe and I have always before we even produced any bait, I said, "I never want this." to become to come in front of fishing because that's why we do this and we we fish first over bait building 100 of the time and i don't care how many people you know want baits we're going to be fishing if the weather's if the weather's there and we have the time the funny
2: the funny story or a funny story about that is when we were building for the first gathering there were multiple times where remember it was like nice out or whatever oh my god you were them. under the gun like we had like a lot of pressure to like build so we wanted to make the f- that first gathering, which I was, I think was what the gathering three, three, three I th- think, yeah. yeah, third one, yeah, I think it was the first one we went to. That was the first one we went to, yeah. So, and we were like under the gun, and we would look outside and be like, "Dude, it's beautiful outside!" Like, <laughs> yeah, what are we fishing. doing? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah, let's go fishing. Yeah, we left, we
1: left the shop many times during the week to just go out on the boat because it's like, what do like I don't want to do this. Like, yeah, I it's don't... stressful. It's like, let's, let's
2: go fish. Yeah,
1: let's I mean, play. I must have. You know, no one doesn't. No one knows this, but like, I must have pulled out of the gathering mentally three or four times, and I'm saying we're not going because it's just too much and it's like too much work. And uh, we ended up bringing 70 baits, 72 baits, yeah, which was unbelievable for us. Like, people don't understand. Like, we're we're like I said, we do everything in house. So, um, you know, I make a mold for a bait, and that mold typically gets about 30 baits out of it. And then I got to make another mold and the mold making process is the worst part. It's tedious. It takes days, if not weeks to do. Um, So like, you know, that's what I think, you know, we'll probably get into this, this topic, but like when people shit on us for not producing enough baits, it's like, I'm literally doing everything I can to make as many baits as I can with the time I have. Yeah. Yeah. And Like when someone shits on that, it like, it puts a dagger in my like, You know what I mean, like, and that's I think I sometimes respond to those people kind of in like a snappy way. But like, you're literally shitting on my baby, number one, and then you're telling me I'm not putting enough time into it. It's like, dude, you know what I mean. So that's like,
2: we put hours and hours in the shop. I mean, we're we're in there all the time. Yeah,
1: and some people say we're not efficient, but like we do everything in house. Nobody does anything for us besides our, you know, like I said, our lips. So, um, you know, the gathering last year we brought 150 baits. And that was 16-hour days for months doing that, you know, after work. Colby would come right to my house, and we worked work till 11 o'clock at night and start over. So, like, our time investment, we were maxed out on time investment in this, in this industry. And a lot of that is because we're outdoorsmen, and we want to be fishing, and we want to be hunting. And um, this bait building thing is not – we don't need to do it. You know, I could pack up the shop tomorrow and be perfectly content on where we're at. And just yeah. building for us and fishing. Uh, but getting back to the the content side of things is, like, we love fishing so much that we have enough content to keep our Instagram busy with just fish we catch. And we're okay with it. And it's one of those things, like, obviously, I'd like to have a thousand guys fishing our bait because content flowing in, it would be great. But it's, like, that's not what it's about for us. Like, I'm more proud of our faces on our Instagram saying, We're catching them with our own baits, and that's that's it. And we have fun doing it, and that's kind of the whole idea of it is to have fun here because it can become not fun really, really fast. Yeah, you you know, you look around to a lot of builders, and who's fishing? You know, we have a lot lot of good guys too. Like
2: a lot of good guys on our team. Our crew's great. Yeah, local guys that like are good buddies that we hunt with and all that, and they're all swim bait guys. You know, like shout out like. Eric Bernard, Shane Keys, a, a few guys that have uh, Matt Bergeron. You know those guys have fished baits and caught a ton of fish. Um, you know, and, and they give us a lot of content as well. You know, a lot yeah. of those guys are fishing strictly our baits. Yeah. They're not even fishing any other baits anymore, which is huge. You know, it's it's awesome. Sean Karen as well. You know, and he builds his own baits. Yeah. So you know. He's, yeah,
1: we're, we're super fortunate to have a like I call him the Elf Crew, but it's like our local guys and. Colby's dad's one of them. Yeah, he's, my dad. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, it's just a it's a blast to kind of have like a small network up in New England that you are just strictly fishing your baits, um, and that's just you know that's what it's about. It's like that's so it's so cool when I get a text from you know a Matt Bergeron who goes fishing literally every day. Like he's he's the only one that I know. He he fishes every single day. Every day. But you'll get a text from him that he just caught his PB. You know what I mean? With with the monk, it's like that's the best feeling in the world, right? That we're just like working. Zach Asali, too. Another, yeah, another hammer. Yeah, there's a lot of them. But um, yeah, we're super fortunate to have kind of a little local network that you know. That's kind of why I say like I could pack up the shop tomorrow and be perfect. Yeah, we've already we already got what we need. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're, we're having fun doing it.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Um, when did you guys? start the instagram and what when was like the first drop if i don't some people aren't good with dates uh but like what year was the first drop and when did the instagram kind of get started and you guys start to see traction like what what kind of shit were you guys posting for those 17 baits to go out so fast was it just your guys's fish pictures
1: so so yeah we had we had very limited content because it was like i didn't want to take a ton of photos with just like a regular white resin shitty bait so like we didn't have a ton of content. We had we had probably I'd say comfortably like twenty good photos of us catching big bass on all, that mall with that resin. Yeah, the resin yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, with the yeah with the resin monk. Um, but our first drop, I think, kind of built steam prior to that because I I posted like I think a while before that like my first paint job ever that I did was that monk pattern. That's it's funny. It's because <laughs> that monk pattern was literally the first airbrushing. that i have ever done in my life and it's still done the exactly the same way today it's just obviously better um but that has become the kind of staple of the monk is that paint job which is side note the worst paint job to do because it's the hardest (laughs) because of the lines the clean clean lines and stuff like it's very difficult to do um but either way i think um i posted a picture it must have been months before the drop or even a year before the
2: drop of just that monk in like It was was a cool picture. It was in like
1: bark mulch and stuff. And everyone kind of caught on like,
2: wow, that's a really cool, unique. And it was because it was unique. It was unique looking, I think, at that time. Yeah, I think
1: it had a unique look. And not too many people were doing like, I feel like that paint job, the chipmunk's not done a ton. It has done before. But uh, I think the way I did it was just a little bit different. And uh, that kind of gave us some steam for our first drop, which was in, I think, early 2019. I think it was in March. 2019 where we dropped those 17 baits and there was a lot of
2: time like leading up to that because we had to get all the equipment and stuff because we were using like uv at the time yeah right yeah yeah. Yeah. like we had to get like our whole setup
1: changed yeah i mean the investment just in the shop side of things was was pretty big not knowing anything so what happens is you buy a lot of stuff that you never need and you think you need it because you read online somewhere that somebody else uses it but um You know, that's that's the whole other side of it that nobody really understands is just the shop side. Being efficient in your shop is very difficult, and that takes years. I mean, I'm you know four years into it, and I'm just figuring out like process of the shop, like how that's efficient and what we need and what we don't need. And this past year, I stripped the whole shop and rebuilt it, and like what we exactly. The only thing we need is all this stuff, and I'm still changing it. You know, so. Um, but yeah, so that led up to our first drop in 2019, and we built some steam that way. Um, and then, um, you know, a lot of people think we stopped selling or doing drops after that be- to 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 generate hype, when in fact we didn't want to build anymore because it was such a pain in the ass. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, like if we had the process that we have now, back then we would have built more base. So you know, yeah. You like I said, oh, yeah. I can't I can't drive home enough. Yeah. We're built. We're doing the best numbers we can with the time we have. Yeah. Um and uh so I think after that, yeah. I mean honestly like I don't even know how what happened after that. I think we had one more
2: drop after that. We dropped a few a few it was a small one. It was only like seven or eight baits or something like that. Yeah. And sure. then we
1: kind of um I don't even remember the timeline of that. But then it was I think Gathering three was two
0: thousand twenty. Yeah twenty one yeah. I, I think
2: I think because of those, because of those two drops, I think what that did was that gave us momentum for the gathering three. So that was what made us go, okay, we might have to think about going to this and and building for that. Yeah. I mean, I think that the gathering was a
1: huge goal of ours, like seeing like, you know, and uh, the biggest thing here that we wanted to do is network and talk, you know, uh, at this point in time, I have so many guys, you know, that I have networked with through this swim bidding thing that I would consider friends that I would never have talked to these people and never even been touch base with them. I didn't even know where they are. They're living in all sorts of parts of the country. But I think the goal early on was like, let's get into this world and get into the networking and, you know, like, you know, start to get to understand these people and how they work and to better a product for to cater to these people. Um, and then the I think we we kind of dug in and the gathering was kind of our goal, right The gathering was like the end all be all if we can get to a show and meet these people face to face and have product there that we are c- fully confident in um, was the absolute goal. We worked really, really hard for that and we changed I probably changed my process thirty times and how I did things to make it easier and quicker and if more efficient and that first gathering was like our first like holy shit um, we made it you know like and it's it's not really like a a status thing it's like more like we got to a point where we are fully confident in what we're doing and we can actually sell these to the public and and we've come so far since then so it's like you know I look at a a bait that was at gathering three and I'm like good lord like in my eyes you know it's there I don't want to
2: say horrendous but like wow, we have come a long ways just since then. Well, we got one back recently, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. And that was like, holy crap, that was only a couple of years ago now. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and that, that goes back that's to the progression. You're like, I'm, um, you know, that makes
1: me happy that I know that we still are progressing. And yeah. I, I think that's a pursuit that will never stop. Yeah. Never stop.
0: Yeah, dude, that is so sick. Uh, fuck, there was something I was going to ask you. Uh, I can't remember. but Oh, that's what it was. I think the problem is, and I hope this helps shed light on it is there's a lot of bait builders out there who do this for a living or who have, um, who have like run businesses or other businesses, not necessarily to bait building. And they have, they have time to do stuff like they can, they can dedicate their, their eight hour work day to making baits and stuff. And then like, oh, they have family time on the side and stuff. It's, you guys have jobs, you guys have families outside of it. You, you. You're taking the free time that, that you are trying to divvy up between personal time, family time, you know, hunting and fishing. And then, you know, you add that fourth or fifth little section in there of bait building and uh, living in the time of Amazon and, and like uh, baits being readily available through certain guys. It like it it makes a stigma that like, oh, they're not building baits because because they want they want to to make, uh, you know, 300 baits and have them sell out in five seconds because they haven't made a drop in a year. And I think that's what what people think. and a lot of the time that's not how it is. It's like you guys, you guys don't want to be stuck in the shop for, you know, nine hours after you already worked for, you know, 10 hours throughout the day and stuff. And you want to go home and have dinner with your family and that sort of stuff and go out and fish and hunt and do whatever. Absolutely. You know, yeah, that's
1: a huge part of that. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I looked at Colby. I remember when we, but even before our first drop and I said, this will never come in between fishing. Never. And it, the, I said, the minute it does, I'm going to stop doing it. And the minute it becomes not fun, I'm going to stop doing it. Yep. Yeah. Now, I've run it through some not fun times, but we've always been able to, you know, keep our personal lives solid
2: doing this. And, um, you know, I my, think – go ahead. No, I was just going to say my favorite thing is uh, when people say that, like, we don't sell baits to the public and stuff. It's like, uh, if I recall, we just had 150 baits in Virginia, and yeah. we yeah. had baits on the table. I yeah. think there was – nine baits left on the table or something like that yeah
0: i was i was talking to you guys during when they were doing the auction you guys had still a couple baits on the table and i was like thoroughly shocked and obviously um the gathering this year was kind of different there was a whole lot of people there for about an hour and then uh and it kind of cleared out but i was i was still honestly surprised i was like holy shit i cannot believe that you guys had i mean you guys only had like a handful of baits but still i was i was very shocked and guys are like And that's what there was people around me like, Oh my gosh, they still have baits on the table. Like I just bought one or two. Like, and I was like, I know I'm, I'm fucking surprised too.
2: (laughs) Well, the crowd was definitely way smaller this last year than the first year. There's no doubt. Yeah. It was just a different year.
1: It was just different. Um, but you know, that, that to me, that's a good thing. You know, I was able to get some, uh, I think it was like six baits we had left over. I was able to do kind of a drop online, you know, with some hoodies and shirts, but, um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't drive the the the, men, the mental side of like we are doing. We're not holding out on you know. I don't have a thousand baits made. You right see now my bait box. Yeah, we have less baits than most people with our baits. You know, we we have prototypes that look like they went through you know a, a dryer, and they you know Colby's fishing a monk that I tell him like, dude, you have to throw that thing away. And he's like, no way, man, no way! And he caught his biggest smallmouth ever on it this year. PB, it literally is the worst looking monk I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's it actually been broken. Been, broken. Yeah, it's broken. It's, broken. it's been it's repaired. Fixed. Like, yeah. Either way, but we are absolutely making as many numbers as we can, and um, that is unfortunately very limited for for the for the eyes of the consumer. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're super limited, and we are, and I like I obviously feel that I, I like if you're giving me the option to give everyone one of our baits or sell everyone one of our baits, of course I want to do that. But like, I just can't, you know, we're, we're, we're super limited and that's unfortunate. You know, I think swim bait universe has 30 something thousand people on it. Like there's no way I can compete and get everyone a bait. We're doing the best we can. And, you know, and like I said, we're satisfied with the people that have baits and are fishing them like that. And that's mostly kind of our, our side of things, New England guys and our little crew. Yeah. Um, and we're happy with that. But, but, boy, would I like to get some baits in some of these guys' hands that are going to fish them. And that's the, that's the hard dynamic of selling baits to the public is, unfortunately, a lot of them get flipped or sold or just hung up. And that's, you know, I understand going in this industry, like, that's how it rolls and that's how it works. And every bait builder deals with it. Um, but, unfortunately, with, um, you know, when you're limited and you're kind of sought after, the baits don't get fished and that i think as that graph climbs as much as you're sought after and you're limited the baits get fished less and less so there's kind of a balance here that you you you, we try to do is like get more baits out there into hands of fishermen but you know that's something you're just never going to nail down and um it's just part of the deal
0: yeah dude it's it's unfortunate how that uh how it, it becomes kind of like a status symbol like oh i have one of these baits but i'm I'm not gonna fish i have one that's super cool
1: <laughs> right right yeah yeah it's it's uh unfortunately the the most recent times are um it's looking like it's more about the baits than the fishing you know you look at someone catching an eight pounder and it gets 40 likes and then you see someone post a, a popular bait up and it gets 500 likes and you're like wait a minute you know what i mean like the guy just kind yeah. you know you know i'm not saying this against any platform or anything, but like unfortunately what I've noticed at least in the last few years is a lot of it has become about baits and not about fishing and that's just something that I don't believe in and I like even as a bait builder like I'm a fisherman first and a builder second and well and I love fishing and this is why I do it I'm obsessed with fishing and I'm obsessed with process and this this hobby uh, if you call it is a
2: little blend of everything
0: yeah man I uh oh go ahead Colby
2: I was just gonna say um I've seen the like swimbait world evolve, you know, yeah. over a certain amount of time. Because like I was, I was following before universe was even a thing. I was, I don't know if you've ever heard of swimbait badlands. Badlands,
0: yeah, Yep. I was, yeah, badlands.
2: I was, I was back in like that time frame. So like back then, I didn't even really see a lot of like flipping of baits or like you know, I at least I'm, I'm sure it was going on, but like I didn't really know of it that much back then. And I feel like you know the community has like evolved. Into now, it's like you have fishermen, you have bait collectors, then you have people now that just like know that the money, like what type of money is involved with these baits. So they're just there because they know they can like make money off of them. Like I swear, there's people in line at the gatherings and stuff that like probably don't even fish. Like oh, that's 100%. a reality. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? Like, so it's just, it's funny to see like how the community's just evolved, you know?
0: Yeah and i will say like going off that evolve thing i think i've touched on this before in another episode it's like there's i don't know it's kind of turning into from my eyes like like it's like the renaissance age of swim baiting like it's it's a lot of um like fine art stuff like guys are starting to realize like there's more to it than just the baits like there's oh these guys make super cool t-shirts like Uh, This drop is coming with a nine by 12 print, or, you know, this guy makes super cool stickers. And it's kind of that, that sort of thing as well. And like, from my perspective, like what I do, I'm like, that's, that's fucking sweet. That's why I'm making the magazine. And I think, let me check right here. By the time people are listening to this, the magazines would already have been dropped. I think. Oh, no. So yeah, they would be, they would be just getting ready to drop. It's I
1: just so talked about that, that magazine. I was like, that's actually a really cool idea. Like, cool. and I think the word, the word here that kind of we're talking about is the culture around it. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Like It's something that's created a very unique culture. I mean, and you look at speaking of culture, you look at a gathering event and you see the, how diverse the people are, you know, you got your skater kids and then you have your like 50 year old dad that is like, you know what I mean? Like, And then it's just the culture of it is really, really wild. And that's kind of what draws me to the networking side of things is you'll meet people you'll never thought you'd ever be friends with in your life. Yeah. And they're like the coolest people ever, you know. I mean, I could name 10 people right now that I, I haven't – I've met inside the bait world that I would consider friends that I would never even like – you know, I'm like, who the heck are you? But yeah, the swimming world brings all these unique people together and the culture around it is so much fun. I mean, the guys in here, you know – you know, we shit on a lot of the, the culture going like the other way, but I think it's, a you know, dynamically, it's a great thing to have diversity in, in that culture. And, uh, you know, diversity breeds, um, you know, progression, I keep using that word progression, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, even in the bait, the bait builder world is I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there's so many bait, builders, there's so many bait builders, and it, which is true. But again, you know, you have a bunch of diverse builders. Now we're talking, now we're building a new culture and you were advancing the swimbait world. Um, unfortunately, not every builder is is different and a lot of them are similar, but yeah, it's hard to be different. It's that's what, yeah, we, yeah we talked about that. Yeah. It's, it's very, very difficult, but I'm all about diversity and new builders as long as it's diverse. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, who am I to, I, you know, uh, you know, I, I try to stay as humble as I can in like in the industry and, um, I struggle hardcore with, um, is it good enough? And I think that is something that drives my obsession with being better. Yeah. Like I, I never think the baits are good enough ever. And I'll look at a bait that everyone else would go, Holy shit, this thing's clean. It looks really symmetrical, but it's like, to me, I, I see what could be better. And, but I think that breeds a, in my opinion, a good, a good builder, you know, and, and not to, not to toot my own horn, but, um, you know, being better is is become an obsession, and and it's not being better to sell more. It's not being better to be be have more hype. It's be better just for us, right?
2: Yeah, and right. for, yeah. Efficient and for you like know, when we like when we build baits, everything is like goes through our like he keeps saying like our process and stuff, and it goes through him, then it goes through me, then it goes back to him. And it's like through the whole process, it essentially is like that. And if we get to the final stage and we're not satisfied with it, if it has something that we're not satisfied with, it doesn't go, you know, it's, we're striving for perfection, essentially as close as we can, obviously with handmade baits. I mean, when you're dealing with handmade baits, it's like not, not everything's going to be perfect all the time, you know? But if, again, if you're going to be a fisherman and you're going to fish the baits, you shouldn't care about one little thing, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. I yeah. never cared about that when, when I was coming up in the swim bait world. You know what I mean? I, I fished baits. I would buy a bait, look at the paint, and say, wow, that's beautiful. And then I would go and fish it, and I didn't care what the paint looked like. Yeah.
1: I think you can tell who collects baits is the people that really care about how they look and nicks in the paint and rash. Yeah. Like, you can separate the builders and fishermen real quick if you scan through it. Or the collectors. The, the collectors, collectors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, man, it's a it's a weird, weird time, and I think uh, it probably has to do with COVID and how a lot of people got into it, and uh, a lot of people <clears throat> saw saw like the money aspect in it, and it, maybe either that or they uh, they're like, oh my gosh, like I could I could buy this on a drop, and I could hold on to it, and you know, it could it could look really cool on my shelf, and if I wanted to, I could turn around and sell it for eighteen hundred bucks if I wanted to, like right, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna buy a bunch of these while I can. <laughs>
1: And no one can blame them. Like I, I don't blame any of those people. Like and then if, you have people with
2: time, yeah, people right with now. a lot of time to yeah. be able to sit there and just, yeah,
1: it's it's one of those things that like you know, as a, as a builder, you look at and really want to shit on. But honestly, like I don't blame any of these people. Like if if you can make money just buying and flipping swim baits, all the power to you. Yeah. You know, like, but do I prefer people to fish the baits? Absolutely. And I'm sure every builder will say the
2: same thing. I want people fishing the baits, and eventually, the baits will end up in fishermen's hands. And that's the eventually, goal. they that, will. That's you know the mean? goal. That's the hope. Yeah. So, but I digress. yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, you just got to look at it as there fucking there's everything that you can buy and resell. I mean, how many how many reselling shoe apps is there? Or YouTube channels and stuff? Oh, and it's, obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not that uh, like. As of now, you know who knows, but it's not that big as far as swim bait goes. Like there's there's waffle pages and stuff that you can sell it like discreetly and nobody would know who it is. But that's just it's exactly like the same fucking thing. And you know you can wear a pair of shoes, whatever, and you can clean them and stuff. But like it's like oh my gosh, if if I get like you know a couple hook points in this paint, like it's I'm gonna lose a hundred dollars when I try to flip it. Like that's just it's kind of it's yeah. kind of fucking weird, honestly. It's
1: comical. It's it is comical. Yeah. Because I love, I mean, I love a beat bait. You know, I catch most of my fish on a bait that looks like it's been through hell. Yeah, the more rats, the better. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. I I get it. As a consumer, I get it. Because if I I didn't have this bait builder mindset and was just a consumer, you know, judging the baits that I got and bought, I get it. Like, I would want the cleanest bait I could get for the money I put into it. Yeah. Um, And that's, so I, I understand that side of things. And I don't shit on anybody for doing that. It's just... It's just frustrating sometimes where, you know, we get all these DMs and everybody's going to fish the paint off of them and everyone's going to catch a donkey on them. And, you know, you get all these messages and it's like their comments and and as grateful as those we, we are for those, you know, 99% of the time, we're not going to see a fish pick after that person gets a paint. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's so just it's just part of it. It's just, it's just we realize that. And I think Sean Karen said this many, many years ago. Yeah. You know as a bait builder you don't make money you make a lot of friends and that's you know where we were realizing that you know even more um that people will tell you what you want to hear to your blue
2: in the face until they get a bait and then you'll never hear from them again and don't get like, like there's a lot of there's a lot of hammers though too well, I mean, no, like yeah, this is a, there's a ton of people yeah, that like of course you know that fish our stuff religiously so yeah. I said, it's pretty awesome
1: and i and i don't and i don't blame anybody for not fishing our stuff like I think the hard part for me mentally is separating, like, I fish my own stuff, and that's it. That's all I fish. It's LFOD baits, and it's stuff I made. So, like, the mentality of, like, everyone else should (laughs) is wrong, right? Because everyone else has a ton of different baits. They have, you know, every bait in their box. So, of course, they're not going to fish my bait 24-7. I get that. But that was a hard one for me to get over. It's like, well, why aren't they fishing... Why aren't they fishing that month? Yeah, fish just, game? It's yeah. like that conversation. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, well, they have 19 different baits, so they're probably just yes. not fishing it at the time. You know, it's one of those things you battle with, and it's, you know, it's just, it's, we just want people to enjoy our stuff and, and fish it if you want, and, like, there's no pressure on, on it. Like I said, I could absolutely, I could close the doors in the shop tomorrow and have a smile on my face and have more time to fish. So it's 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 not very that serious to us, and it's uh, it's just a really, really fun thing that I got into. and. um and until you know who knows what the future looks like for us, and you know we're kind of riding this 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 wave, and we're you know we're pretty well known in the industry now, which is a super blessing, and just to have people like know what our baits look like, and just to pick out our baits out of a out of a group of baits and say that's an l f o d is just huge
2: um and that's been the goal yeah, especially too. among like big hitters like you know Biz and all these other people sure, you know, yeah. And, Lance and yeah you know it's 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 pretty cool. Really, cool. really cool. Pretty cool to have people lining up for our base. I mean, just that alone yeah. is is really cool. Yeah, it's very humbling. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I remember being in that line. You know, that's that's the cool part for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then just you know, being becoming you know friends with Wayne and um, even Paul Smith and Joey and like all these builders, getting to network with them at the gathering events are like that was like a dream. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just you know talking to like-minded builders that I've been looking up to and seeing and. Sh- fishing their baits and like it's crazy it's just a crazy kind of fun world and the networking thing is is huge and it's it's only going to get better and that's why these gathering events are so important for everyone looking to attend and i know a lot of people can't make it but like you know you see these comments that are like oh that that certain builder is not going to be there so i'm not going but it's like they have no idea what the networking side of things will do for you i mean just just putting names to faces um at an event like that will grow your network time you know tenfold you'll get yeah. into these, you know you'll get into these like groups of people that um, are fishing all around the country like it's the coolest thing I mean the the, the events are where it's at I mean if people want to get in and network and talk to people and not just go just because the baits are there that's what I think Wayne and, and Chad and Will that's what they're looking for you know the, the baits are just a bonus that they're there but like the networking side and it was kind of unfortunate like you said last year is they kind of were there for an hour then everyone left it's like stick around man talk to us like we love when people just don't even buy a bait just we had baits on the table people came up just to say hi and talk to us like that's what it's about like we could care less we could we could walk away with all of our baits that we brought and be perfectly content going to a gathering event and that's it's like that that's what's about for us it's all about networking and talking and like you know i i i hope that people don't see us and like you know sometimes i think people think i'm an asshole because of the way i respond like that's why I want people to come see me and come say hi well, everybody, everybody thinks we're assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean like, you know, you never Please. know what people how calm people making comments on Facebook and like I don't know what people perceive me, you know, I'll, I'll be honest like Paul Smith is one of the ones you know, obviously piz and like, you know, I'll be honest with you I thought he was a douche, but he's one of the nicest guys in the world And I like I you know, I say I make sure I say hi to him every time I see him and, like, that's the thing. It's, like, I realized, and that kind of clicked with me when I met Paul. It's, like, Paul's an awesome guy. You know, he yeah. knew my name. He shook my hand. It's, like, and we chatted swim baits. And, like, every, I think a lot of the people think that these these builders are a bunch of douches.
2: But it's, like, we're just regular people, man. And you have to understand, too, that, like, obviously we're getting a lot of messages from people. So it's, like, we can't answer everybody. We can't satisfy everybody. And that's hard. You know, it, and and, and it's do. really hard. I mean, I can go in my messages right now on Facebook and I can count. I don't even know how many, you know, people like, how do, how do I get a bait? You know, it's like after a while, it's like, man, you can only do so many things. You well, that's, to what get I,
1: people to... that's what I was hoping we can center this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I'm hoping to answer all those yeah. questions because like on Instagram, like I must have, and this isn't at all like gloating or anything. Like I, I have hundreds of messages that roll in through Instagram and I can't answer them all. And I just don't have the time, but like, I feel like a dick. Cause they go unanswered and then people are like, how do I get a bait? Then they start commenting on posts. Like, how do I get a bait? And it's like, I can only explain that so many times, <laughs> you know, Like, I can't do that a hundred times a day and explain how to get a bait. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I don't really have like our answers to that. And I think you were going to ask us that, like, how does someone get a bait? And I don't know if we want to cut there now, but, um, we are limited. And that's, that's really the bottom line. It's like, yes, we're limited. And it's very difficult to get a bait. But try to explain that to a consumer that doesn't understand. Like, why don't you just sell me a bait? Right. Like, you're, you're missing out on my money. But it's like, okay. Like, if you don't understand the world yet, we probably don't even want to explain it. Because um, it is a weird world. Um, it's a very odd sales. It's, you know, the sales of it is very difficult to, un- to understand as a regular consumer who's not in the swimbait world.
0: Yeah, dude. No, for sure. And, that, like, going back to it, like, people – Amazon has, has made a very, uh, odd impression to people that, oh, I can just go online and I can just buy this now and it'll show up tomorrow or the next day. Like, oh, that's easy. And then right. kind of transfer that. And they're like, oh, I, how, how come I can't buy any of these? Like, how come they don't have any on their website? Like, how come their website's sold out all the time? And, and how come like, they're not posting about any drops or anything? Like I, like you said, I have money. Why don't they, why don't they want to take it from me?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, well, they, a lot of Mac, like they're, we're they're missing their, their, they're customer, you know. They're a customer that they they need a bait. So but like, we're, we but we're building
2: at the at the rate that we build at. It's not like we're wavering. You know what I mean? I like would love to
1: sell a bait to everyone that asks. That would
2: be like, you know what I mean? Like nobody can do that. You know,
1: besides like someone that puts out, you know a, a you know a um uh, what am I thinking of like a you know an ABS bait you know that a machine's yeah. out a thousand a day you know. Yeah. You just can't. You just can't keep up. These are handmade, and
2: yeah. like I said, everything's in house. We do everything. Plus, we, don't, we don't. We don't even build baits year round. No, I mean we take three four months off for deer hunting season every year. We don't even go in the shop. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's,
1: after the gathering, like right after September, it's it's hunting season for us. So we kind of go out hunting till December, and then you know I I mean I, I can't say I don't work, but I I mean right after the gathering, I start building for the next gathering, and that's literally how it works is I'm a year into the gatherings. Like I'm a full year and it makes time go by fast. Like I'm already prepping for this fall right now. I'm, I'm building stuff for the, you know, building molds for the fall and molds. What people don't realize is molds are temporary. The silicone molds don't last forever. So you got to, I got to make a new mold every year for each bait. two of them, two of them for each, of bait. each bait. So right now we have five baits. So I, I got to make 10 mold molds every off season. And that is a if anybody builds molds, they understand what that entails. And that is a bitch. Right, um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, that's one thing we want them to understand is, listen, we're working all year to bring Bates to a show or, you know, do a collab. We got a we got a collab coming up um, with scrutiny. Yeah.
2: I Heard little I about out, that?
1: little shout out to scrutiny boys. Um, they're right up the street from us. Awesome dudes. Uh, we've been trying to collab with them forever, but I don't know if that if they if they want the secret out, but um, it's out. So um, we're doing a little, uh, a, a limited collab, unfortunately, but um, with them. And then we love doing collabs. I mean, that's one of the things that I I like the most uh, because it's kind of, there's light at the end of the tunnel when you're building and then and it's paint the continue, jobs.
2: The continued network too, you know, it's, Absolutely. you know, working with people.
1: Yeah. I mean, we did our first collab was with Leviathan and Eric and, um, you know, Eric, I would consider a great friend now. And, and like, just, just, you know, Leviathan rods are, that's all I throw, and that's all we throw, and we love him to death. And Eric is one of the most solid dudes in the world. All those guys are solid. Yeah, and every Super every solid. yeah every every guy behind Leviathan. But you know that was one of the networking collabs that we did, and I didn't know Eric, and we, we talked to each other. and We're like, hey, let's do a collab, and we came out with those kind of those OD green um, bunks, and that was yeah. really that was like our first collab. And we're like, man, I like this, you know, because on production side of things, you have a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, all right, I got to make thirty of these or forty of these. Or twenty even, um, and then you can you can be creative on your paint jobs and uniqueness, and uh, so that's what I really enjoy the most is probably collabs with companies uh, and and brands that we can that we can just have a cool little drop with. Yep,
2: um,
1: and then other than that, collabs, gathering events, and we trying. I'm trying to do more giveaways. It's very difficult because um, it's. timing of everything is just difficult but we did a giveaway this year um and then i'm hoping to do those travel baits that we talked about earlier um i think that's a really cool concept and i'm hoping that i can get a few baits built for that and uh get them into these hands of people that have been begging for baits or wanting a bay or wanting to try it um and then um knowing all right this is something i like and this is something i want and Now I really want to buy it, (laughs) you know, or I, or I hate it. It's stupid. The monk's stupid and I'm glad I didn't buy one, you know, or that side of things. But like, um, so that's, you know, when somebody asks how to get a bait, um, there's your answer. It's collabs, um, events and events, and we're hoping to get into more events, but, um, and then maybe a few travel baits or giveaways and randomly, so. Um and oh, we yeah. are maxed out. Like I said, that is a year, just the gatherings a year process for us. And it may sound crazy to do with all the builders that can pump out hundreds of baits, but like that is a full year of of, of doing something, you know.
2: Yeah, dude.
0: Are so, you guys gonna be at that uh that northeast the swim bait expo? No,
1: so I'll quickly explain what, what's difficult about our you know, it's kind of sounds stupid because they're literally right down the road or they're an hour out. Um but the timing of those and the fall gathering is what screws us. So we pretty much build – the process goes like this. Winter months, I'm making molds for production for, like, a gathering event or so whatever we're into. So during the summer is typically when we're pouring um, and then painting and finishing for the fall event. So by the time the fall event's over, I either have to start making new molds or can have a mold. Maybe a few more baits can pump out of it. So when those New England shows happen, is when I'm making molds, or I don't have I can't I don't have the ability to do production. So that's difficult. So yeah, or we, you skip deer season. Or we, yeah, deer season is is pretty important. So I'm not skipping deer season. Yeah, and that is the timing of the New England shows is their winter, and that's just like the opposite of where our timing is. Um, I just was talking to Colby about it. We might shift our gears a little bit depending on how texas goes um for the gathering not depending on how it goes but like depending on you know just the dynamics of texas that might be our primary um gathering we try to make as many baits for because that would work much better for our timelines Um, because then can we can kind of relax during the summer put more fishing time in and then build on the off season for the spring yeah it'd be kind
2: of like going to the gathering come back and then like relax mode because we don't have to worry yeah. about anything. We can just go fishing, you know, yeah. do that sort of thing. It's a tough
1: balance, man. I mean, you mentioned you know the personal time, and I have a lot of hobbies. I mean, I have a t- not you know fishing and hunting and outdoors are a big part of my hobby. But I got all sorts of stuff I like to do, and that, that's the tricky part is balancing time. And you got to balance, you know, I we both balance relationships, and um, you know, luckily we both don't have kids right now. But I got a puppy, and like you know, that, that it's a tough balance. So we try to do the best we can with what the time we are given, and Um, you know, unfortunately our day jobs get in the way,
0: you know, but I know that way too, way too well. Yeah. Yeah. Our
1: day jobs get in the way, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's still fun. And I think that, I think a lot of builders, um, lose sight of how, you know, how fun it was. And, um, you kind of see that a lot of, a lot of builders don't even fish anymore. And, you know, I, you know, a lot of them do it full time. So that's a little different story, but, um, you know, it's hard to see that. Cause I like, I, I can't envision ever doing that. Right. Yeah. Building baits, but it's, it's their business, right? So that's a whole different story. This isn't my business. This isn't my income. This is a hobby. And it's always been that way.
0: Right. Um, shit. What was I going to say? What, uh, w- so you guys are going to try to make it to Texas or you're going to make it to Texas this year?
1: Um, we're hoping to send some baits over okay. to, with, uh, with Wayne and, um, that those guys um it'll probably won't be many i'm I'm talking maybe 10 baits or 15 baits um possibly some trouts yeah the trouts we're looking to get out there um because those are fairly new we we, we are really confident in those baits we the trouts are really
2: Kobe fished the, the trout my, are, my yeah. favorite bait last year i I fished the bag out of my prototype of that yeah caught a ton of fish like he, he hammered with it. the trout hammered with yeah it. that that bait is probably my favorite bait in the line yeah we're we love the Trouts are,
1: we're hoping to get more of those to the public this year um, just because they're brand new. So um, we're hoping to send, we, we just, we, we had four with Wayne at the new England show, which, you know, people laugh. You only made four baits or five baits. It's kind of a joke, obviously, like, because we, we brought five baits to a show, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, in Texas, we're hoping to have at least 10 to 15 Trouts um, with, at the Swingbait universe table. Um, And then um, we're hoping to kind of make that priority for the fall, the Trouts, maybe have a a bunch more Trouts than anything else. Um, So so right now our lineup, you know, starting with the OGs is the Monk, the full-size Gill, the Slim, and then we have the Mini Monk and the Trout. And that's pretty much our primary lineup outside of production prototypes. Um, that we have so that's fi- was that five baits yeah, uh, five. yeah five yep and uh the mini monk was introduced this year um which um that was my staple last year i mean i caught
2: both species
1: pbs um this year which was really really cool for me like got my biggest largemouth ever and my biggest smallmouth ever this season so like or this past season i should say um, and that largemouth was on the mini monk um and then the uh the smallmouth is on the full-size gill which is which is funny yeah um but yeah i mean that's what it's about right i mean like i just caught my biggest bass i've ever caught both species in one season with the baits that i made with my hands like i don't know what else i could do in the fishing world that would make me more happy (laughs) you know yeah
0: yeah dude that's so fucking sick i mean (laughs) It's, Watch, it's so watching cool. other people catch fish on your baits, super cool. But right. when you can go do it and not only break one, but two PBs in the same year, it's like, oh my gosh! It's like, oh yeah, it's so sick. Yeah, and Colby,
2: I broke my. He a broke a his PB. small a PB as well, which was five, five, five on the full size. Bump. Yeah, he caught
1: a five-five smallmouth, yeah. which is for New Hampshire, is insane.
2: Yeah, in a, a place a, in a place where bass aren't even listed on our fishing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's way up
1: north. <laughs> yeah, we um we have a lot of fun and Thanks uh and it just to just to catch your own PB on your own bait is like it's just a killer. It's just I mean uh, that that drove something in me that will I'll never stop building, you know, I'm just never stop.
0: Yeah, dude, that is so sick. That's I I don't know, we've talked about it before. Um it's it's weird to and I'm sure you guys can definitely attest to this. It's weird when you, when you put a lot of work into something, maybe it's just for yourself or whatever that you, you expect to sell it or give it out to the public. And it's this very weird feeling when people take it and and they love it. And they like, it, it it gives you a feeling of like, wow, I did this and not only do I enjoy it, but you know, hundreds of other people enjoy it. It's like, whoa, like that, that you, you don't get that feeling unless you've done something like that. And it's such, such a cool thing to feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the best feeling in the world when, you, when, a, when somebody texts you their PB that they just caught on your bait. It's like, this is what it's about. This is what, this is what drives it, you know?
2: The funny thing, too, is I think when we started making baits, I don't even think we were making them with the intention to sell them. Yeah. We were just making oh. them because we were like, let's make some baits and go fishing with them. Oh, yeah. you know. And then when we realized, like, wow, these baits are like, they're getting pretty sick. And like, they're, you know, this is something maybe we could put yeah. out to the public that was when we made that like transition essentially, you know? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, dude, that's, that's like making this, like it is absolutely ridiculous how many people listen and enjoy. It's like, whoa, like I was like, yes, I just did it because I thought it'd be cool. And it was never going to be swim bait, like uh, related, or at least swim bait, like orientated. And it's like, oh, it is. And then I was like, oh, I'm like, maybe a hundred people listen to it. And then, you know, it's like, thirteen hundred people an episode it's like holy shit like i yeah, that, yeah. that is so weird
1: this was number 69 i was like wow yeah that's,
0: yeah, so, dude, that's dude. awesome
1: and again we go back to that the the culture of the swim bait world this is adding to that dynamics yeah like this this now you're doing a magazine that's adding to the dynamics of the culture so yeah, the culture totally. is always changing and sometimes it's not for the, the best, but most of the times it's for the good. And that's what's exciting about this is like there's so many avenues in this culture that you can pursue from merch to podcast to bait building, to painting, to, you know, whatever is like, yeah. we're all in it together. And I think that's the big thing people miss is like, we're not in competition. I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm just here to have fun. And like, I don't, I don't really care, you know? enough to be in competition with anybody i'm just here to build baits for catch us and fish catch fish man that's what it's about
0: yeah man exactly and uh it's like oh i'm <laughs> i'm super excited about the magazine but like the whole time i was working on it, i'm like oh my gosh like everybody's like everybody that i told like oh it's it. like there's nothing like that in the swim bit world i'm like S- that's super cool and then like it was in the back of my head i'm like Man, like, if somebody fucking makes a magazine like within the next month and a half on making this one, I am gonna fucking cry. Yeah,
1: Yeah, dude. No, that's a really cool idea. I mean, I'm really excited for that because, like, I remember going through Bassmaster magazines. You know, when I was fishing traditional, and you, it's just so you know you're you're taking a dump and you're looking at Bill Dance with his Tennessee, you know, catching mondo's in his private pond. It's like with the banjo minnow. Yeah, the banjo (laughs) minnow. Like, dude, that'd be so, like, I can see it, you know, and I, I commend you for coming up and actually pursuing it because that's not, it's very unique and, like, I, I can't wait to see the photos and, like, you know, even the, your idea of putting PBs in there, and like, that's, you know, that's where the page I love the most is at Bassmaster Magazine is all, everyone's 10-pounders and stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. the Walker oh, club or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, dude. It's, oh. I don't know. I'm excited, but it's, like, I'm excited, but it's also going back to that daytime job thing. It's like, shit, like this is like, not, not saying it's a job or anything, but it's like, whoa, like I'm getting, ded- I'm dedicating a lot of time to this. Like it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's starting to get, it's starting to get like, like, it's starting, it's clicking in my head. Like, whoa, this is like very, a lot bigger than I was expecting it ever to be.
2: <laughs> it's big on you and you don't even realize it. Yeah. No way. Yeah.
1: yeah your afternoon just spent thinking, <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean at work at if for anybody who, who orders a sticker and they're like then they get an email at like nine or like one o'clock in the afternoon and they're like the order was fulfilled, it's because I have downtime at work and I'm 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 filling out all the stickers and shipping out all the stickers at work so I could come home and work on the magazine or record or edit a podcast or just you know, yeah. just do something orientated to it. Yeah. And uh But
1: well, you it, still have fun I, doing it, right?
0: Yeah, dude, yeah. I was about to say I, yeah. I spent uh I think it was right around 70 hours on the first magazine and uh I'm like whoa like that it did not feel like 70 hours and it's also like going the podcast maybe not necessarily but the same with like bait building and and kind of saying with the same with the magazine like working on something and seeing it come to life like like pouring liquid into a mold and it coming out as a hard bait you're like oh my gosh that that's the mini mink like that's so awesome and like you know, spending seven hours in front of my computer and getting, you know, seven, eight pages done. It's like, whoa, like I I'm doing something and that's, I enjoy work that you can look back and you can see the process and see, see your progression through the day or through the time, whenever you're doing it.
1: Yeah. You're Absolutely. speaking my language, man. That's what it's about.
2: I think you can almost like even surprise yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? When you get into that realm yeah. of things, it's like, wow, you can't even believe how much it develops, you know? Absolutely. It's pretty wild.
1: Yeah. yeah and, well, I- Oh, I have a I have a box of baits in the basement that are that are just like garbage baits. There's probably 30 or 40 of them in there. You know, there there's some of the prototypes and there's some that didn't work or bad mixture or bad paint or whatever came out. And you I remember you can kind of go back in time and say, I thought this bait was good at one point in my life. I thought this was a good product. Yeah. But that all that shows is just progression. I made a post about it on Instagram a while ago. About that is like this box is showing me how far we've come, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Is like, I mean, you'll look back at in a year from now and go, "I was doing this this way." Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and yeah. that's the cool part about it. And I think as long as everyone's doing the same thing and progressing, yeah, we can't go down. You can't kill us. You know what I mean? I
2: look at yeah,
0: those
2: big- <laughs> cool.
1: lessons; though. they're all yeah. lessons. Yeah, oh, on yeah. the way, you know. Boy, we learned some lessons. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was about to say a week from now is when the first episode would be posted. So uh so a year ago. But this this would probably so yeah, you know, sixty probably like sixty five no, like sixty-eight episodes in a year. And it's like as much as I don't want to go listen to that first episode, I'm going to just to see how much it how how different That's it's changed, what? and then like the You're magazine. Yeah, dude. And then like the magazine. It's like I know this first one, like I'm super proud of it because it was the first one I had no help on it. I did everything myself. I had people like spell check it and everything. And it's like that's super cool, but I'm like in a year from now, like when I'm dropping the first issue for uh for the second volume, I'm going to look back at it and I'm going to be like, "What the hell was I thinking?" Like I can't believe yeah. I did all that by myself. I mean, I already have people hitting me up like, "Oh dude, if you need help to write articles or you know whatever, like just let me know." And I'm like, "Oh, this is going to like this is going to be crazy." And in- not even absolutely. in a year in in a, in a half a year when i do the the june drop it's going to be absolutely ridiculous now it'll only be the second one for the season like it's going to be so sick to watch it grow and expand yeah, and just,
1: yeah dude i think great. there's a lot of people excited for that and i can you know i can see like a you know a, a a bait you know what do they call it i just had the word and i lost it but you know like a page built just designed around one bait that explains the bait how it works and how it's faced yeah, yeah. with pictures to back it up you know, you could do that for the rest of your life with one bait, you know, per, per magazine, oh, per, like per issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly.
2: A
0: special
1: yeah. Or whatever they call it. I forget and That's kind
0: of, that's kind of what I'm going to start to do is I'm going to uh, hit a bait builder, have them like write a super in depth, why they built it, how they swim it and how they find success on it. And then I'm also Jason Carroll, and I swim bait reviews. We're super good friends. Yeah. And I'm gonna if he has a swim video or whatever, I'm gonna get a QR code for his link, and I'm just gonna post it on oh, there yeah. and be like. And hey, that's yeah. that's like that's what I wanted that's- to do, but this first one just kind of got ahead of me, and I I didn't get around to doing it.
1: Yeah, but dude, all those ideas. I mean, you're gonna have a million of them, and I'm sure you know the nice thing about it is people are willing to help. So yeah, reach it out works. to all the builders and say, hey, what do you think about this and. Um, you know, you're going to, I think you're going to create a really cool environment and culture around that magazine. I really am excited for you. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's, I'm sure you guys are the same way. The amount of like, not even necessarily branding ideas, but ideas that I want to do, dude, I, I've got like a core group of like four or five people. I, I, I talked to Steven Clipper a lot. I talked to Jason Carroll, uh, Bo, and then, um, you know, uh, Phoenix, uh, Pincher, uh, Marshall and our other buddy, Nick. And like, these are the guys I go to, and I like I tell them my ideas, like as as harebrained as they are. And then, yeah. like I was talking to Stephen Clipper the other day, talking um, for the magazine. So I was like, oh, I'll I'll get like a five inch sticker of every cover, and it'll go with every single sale. So like you'll get a, like a one off sticker. And I was like, yeah. that's super cool. And then I was like, oh, like maybe I'll make it like a, like a trading card, like a like a sports card. Like it'll have a holographic back, and it'll be super cool. That'd be cool. And then you know, ten minutes later, I'm sitting. I I actually I was laying on the. Uh, on the floor of my girlfriend's parents' sunroom because the sun was out. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, if I sell 50, I was like, I could buy a custom deck of cards with the cover on the back and I could essentially play uh, over the year, so four magazines. I could essentially have a contest to whoever has the two best hands of blackjack could win a huge prize pack. And I think... Yeah. As of now, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have like everybody who writes the builders, uh the apparel companies and stuff like that, I'm gonna have them donate something if they want to, and then I'll pick like the top two best hands and they'll they'll win the prize pack.
1: Yeah, dude, that's dope. I mean yeah, that'd uh, be sweet. Yeah. Let me know if you need a bait. Yeah,
0: yeah, dude. It's uh it's dude, just the fucking amount of ideas, like I don't know what it is. I just I, not even like myself, I'll hit up people and I'll be like, "Oh, you should try this like with with whatever you're doing." they're like, "Oh, that's a really good idea like like how'd you come up with that? Like, I have no idea like yeah. uh when people well, are they, listening to this all
1: these, all these ideas are built or backed with passion, man. I can hear it in your voice how passionate you are about it, and I mean the what you know that's what you need to pursue is something you're passionate yeah. about
0: yeah and dude, I, like the
1: sticker a lot of people lose the passion idea uh, out of whatever they're doing, and it, it, there's a reason it's like not, not awesome. to be,
2: like I think me and you would be doing this, whether we were building dates or not, we would still yeah. be doing it. Absolutely. You know what I mean, yeah. so we're passionate about it.
0: Yeah, dude, like the stickers, like everybody's like, Oh, he's just doing it to, to make money for the show. And that, that is true. Like I need money to, to get the show like paid for sure. and stuff, but it's like the amount of like badass ideas. Um, I'll talk about, I I'm doing a sticker. It'll be like probably a day after this comes out, but Jared, uh, from fall of 74. And I did a sticker and it's literally like I was laying in bed one night and I was like, "Oh, that's a really good idea." I put it down in my notes. Drew it the next day, and I sent it to him. It's uh it's his coffin wrap, and there's like a trout hanging out of it, and it's like from the perspective, like a bird eye perspective, in in, in a grave, and it's like six foot under. And uh, I, I hit him that's up. and yeah, I'd like to. And I sent him, I sent him the the artwork, and he's like, "Holy shit! Like that is badass." He's like, "How'd you come up with it?" I'm like, "Ah, fuck, dude, I have no idea. Like, yeah. that just, <laughs> it just happens. It just, I yeah, just think about sick.
1: it." Now, do you do all your all your own artwork for that, or you got a guy?
0: So I, I draw everything, sketch it all out, and then I have a guy and I send him all my reference images and, and uh, color palettes and stuff like that. And he just, oh, I mean, cool. more or less, he just sketches and makes my uh, makes my yeah. sketches look a lot better than what they that's, actually are. Yeah, you know,
2: yeah
1: for sure, that's yeah. dope, dude. That's sick. Yeah, I'm excited for you, dude. I mean, yes. you're kind of, you know, you know, you're like you're you're almost a year in, and you know, I you know, I, I hate to hammer this word again, but. Progress, man, Progression. Yeah, where you're going is, is exciting. Heading in the right direction, no doubt. Yeah, I think man, I'm at least a hundred times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, We'll get a little counter going.
1: I'm going to make a slap. That's just
2: his progression. progression.
0: There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. kind of closing it down, what can yeah. the folks uh, expect from LFOD for
1: 2023? 2023, we got a lot going on already. So uh, we already mentioned a collab with, with Scrutiny Boys. Um, that's happening fairly soon. Um, I'm thinking within the next two months here. Um, Texas, you can see some trouts in Texas. Um, hopefully some traveling baits right after that is will be the next thing we get out to people. Um, and then that, hopefully you'll see a shit ton of bass content from us after that. More PBs, bigger bass. Um, we're going to be hammering down on our prototypes this year. This year we got um mini gill. We got the mini gill, um, the mini baby gill or the baby gill, which is another waking crank, which everyone's like, Oh my God, how many waking cranks can you make? Uh, but this bait's dope. This one swims a little different and it's just sick bait. Uh, we actually just test swam one today. Um, really excited about that. Um, I got, I'm working on a glide that I actually test swam today. Um, after kind of final tuning it and it's, it's juicy. I mean, I don't fish glides, but this one's pretty juicy. Um, that'll be our perch glide we're going to hammer down on. Um, and then, um, gathering in the fall in Lenexa, we're hoping to have, um, a good quantity of baits, probably not going to bring as many baits as we did last year. Goal this year is like what, like maybe 80 to a hundred? Like yeah. A hundred is our goal, I think for next year. Yeah. Um, and then, um, start all over.
0: <laughs> repeat, Hell yeah, man.
1: Repeat. And in, in that process, I'll probably carve up some more, some <laughs> more baits just to have on file. Yeah. Uh, and, uh and go from there. I mean, we're, we're hoping to do some more collabs with people. If, if we have the time, Um, if there's anybody out there who's uh, wants to collab with us, we're, we're welcome to hear
2: it and, and hear it out and um, just don't make it during the summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, if you're going to do it this summer, we'll do like two baits. We'll do it two baits. Right, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: um. But um. yeah, I mean, we, um. that's kind of what we're looking forward. And I, I'm hoping every year we have at least two baits that we're, prototyping and prototyping phase and then the following year you'll see that um it's possible like i said we're going to transition to maybe priority spring gathering versus a fall gathering but that's kind of up
2: in the area um so far see how it goes yeah
0: oh yeah man and then last kind of big question for you guys what uh what's the setup that you guys usually like to fish your baits on like is there kind of a one one trick pony that does does a lot for the baits you guys make and fish
1: yeah. So the nice thing, and if uh, you don't mind me taking this question, but yeah. I, I feel like I talk a lot. So um, uh, for the most part, all of our baits are sub four ounces. So uh, Leviathan, medium heavy, one to four um, is tr- our primary rod. Love um, the medium heavy, my favorite. Yeah, it's probably the best rod I think I've ever. I've used a lot of rods, but this is the this is the bee's knees. This is the one to four? is my wheelhouse. Um, I think we have like eight Leviathan rods at yeah. this point. Between the both of us, or even Bob, there's probably 10, right? Yeah, he's got like three, I think. Everyone <laughs> that we know has got <laughs> Leviathans, and we hooked them up because we we just stand by them. And they're, Eric's such a great friend and a great dude. Um, but yeah, the me- so the medium-heavy, one to four, I and we all typically, well, me and Colby run the uh, Shimano Tranxes, the 301s and the 401s. Uh, we're both lefty. Lefties unite. Maybe we can make some stickers. Um, <laughs> I'll never understand righty reels righty retrieves never understand that in my life yeah uh, but anyway um and then uh the two to six uh heavies, and I also have a dirty dragon like six to 16 ounce bait uh, or, or rod I should
2: say um just for the the huge bait that I'm gonna make one day I would <laughs> say like not. I would say ninety-five percent of the time are probably throwing the one to four. The one to four. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mix, mix, I, mix just, I just, I just got bit, the but. daily, which is so sick.
1: Uh, I think, I believe that's two to six. Or, yeah. I think yeah. so. I'll be taking that to Florida in two weeks and hopefully hammering a absolute unit of a bass. I'm actually headed out with um, Andre. Um,
0: oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna come yeah. on the podcast too in some point
1: in time. He oh said. dude, he's the coolest guy, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm headed out with him, and then uh, I'm hitting. Uh, I'm gonna also hit Vegas. Uh, I got a business trip in Vegas. That I uh, the guy's taking me out striper fishing with that. Hopefully that thing doesn't blow up. But uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about the daily. The daily is such a sick rod. I mean, it's I, I Eric gifted that to me, which is just unreal. Like it just got it in the mail one day, and I was like, "What is this?" And it was like, "Are you kidding me?" It's just uh, pretty unbelievable. Um,
2: yeah,
0: that's yeah, a sick. That's rod. That's what we
1: run. I mean, we run typically P line. Um, I run the CX Premium. You run the CXX stuff. Yeah, the Green Box CXX, usually like 17 or 20 pound. And our typical, our, we're, we're an afternoon, afternoon guys that get out there after work and fish till about, well, till they stop biting. So uh, we do a lot of weekday fishing. And we do a lot of weekend fishing. And um, typically, a lot of our fishing is at night um, just because of our time. Um, it's a lot easier to go out at night than it is during the day. And, uh, We, uh, we, you know, I will talk about our process kind of last year it kind of changed a little bit. Um, We really, really focused on, I think, the most important thing in bass fishing is there's two things that I think are priority above everything else, and that is timing and location. And we really tried to narrow that down this past season, is being at the right place at the right time, could care less what you're throwing for a bait, just be there and be put it in front of that fish's mouth at the right time. And we started the, our first trip, I think we had like a 23 pound bag and that was mid, that was mid April. Um, we found a body of water that warmed up a little earlier and we had a three day warming trend and there's your timing and location. We hit it right. And we continued being successful with that all season. We really worked on, um, knowing when to not be at places and that's i think the most important is when to not be on a body of water that may produce in a different period of time yeah this year we're going in real strong i think this is going to be our best season yet because we have a list of places and when to be there and we're going to hold to it and stay strong and i'm hoping to break another pb this year and same with colby hopefully see
0: oh yeah man that'll be that'll be freaking awesome so Uh, you got the Texas show. There'll be a couple handful of baits and then, uh, the normal VA show. And then maybe, maybe you said a giveaway or two throughout the, throughout the year if you find the time for it.
1: Yeah. I try to, I try to get a few of to people, you know, just some interaction with people. So people don't think I'm a dickhead and then, um, (laughs) yeah. And then some, I'm really hoping to just some traveling baits. Um, I think that would be a really, really cool thing. I know it's been done in the past and I don't know where they are today, but, well, like um, a slam, like slammer. Yeah, and no, there's a the the slammer they, that rolls. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I think unfortunately they end up being you know kept by people, but you know that's again that's that's unfortunate. But it's it's if you nail down the right people, yeah, and um, you know obviously I'm going through Wayne in the admin with that to make sure it it happens right. But I'm hoping to get at least like three baits out there to try to travel around and for the year and see where they go. And I think it'd be really cool to get them in people's hands that don't normally you know can't make it to a show or right yeah
0: hell yeah man and then uh where where can guys follow you and keep up to bit up to date on uh, everything lfod
1: yeah so um, we're we're pretty limited on our on our um social media i mean um instagram is probably our only avenue that you can come kind of check out what we're doing and then swimbait universe on facebook and that's pretty much it that's where we're at um swimbait universe is a big part of why we're successful i mean um, that that page alone is such a, is such an amazing uh, resource to have. And um, shout out to those guys who run that page. It's not an easy job. Um, and, uh, yeah, we love those guys at SwimBait Universe. So that's, we'll always be a part of that crew. And then uh, our Instagram page, which um, has, has grown tremendously in the last uh, two to three years. And uh, we're, we're grateful for every one of the followers there. And if you haven't already, come check us out. Um, I apologize if you've sent me a message in the past and I haven't got... Um, back to you. Unfortunately, you're, you're you know lost in a sea of messages. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm the guy that runs our Instagram. Um, so
2: you're and you're, I'm the guy who gets all the messages.
1: Yeah, I set it up that way. So when I post something, Colby gets all the hammer, the hammering on the messages.
2: <laughs> Perfect. But, uh-huh. um,
1: but yeah, come check us out on Instagram if you haven't. And um, we're uh, we're just normal dudes trying to have some fun and making baits in the process. And uh, we hope that we uh, can it, we've explained ourselves enough that you don't hate us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also before we close it down, can't believe I didn't ask what does uh, LFOD stand for? And how'd you guys come up with that name? Oh, it's
1: very simple, man. It's, uh, uh, I know. I figured it's our, it's our state motto, which is yeah. live.
0: Die." yeah, that's, that's fucking, that's sick as hell. That's <laughs> ass, sick state <laughs> yeah. motto.
2: Badass uh, state. state yes.
1: Yeah, so we're really proud of our state motto. So we decided that LFOD was appropriate. And, uh, um, live free or die, swim baits is kind of how you say it long term. But LFOD is some people say La which is really funny because it's not, it's El Faud or it's lfod, L-F-O-D. <laughs> but yeah, LFOD, live free or die. And um, where that's what we're going to keep hammering, we're going to try to live free and we'll, we'll die trying.
0: <laughs> yeah, at least you guys, at least your guys' estates is in English, ours isn't like in French, I'm pretty sure, and it's like land. Uh, if you seek beautiful peninsula, look around or something that's like in French and it's on the flag, and nobody understands what the fuck it means, unless yeah, you know.
1: I mean, <laughs> no offense, most states have really lame what models. Lame. You know, I feel like New Hampshire is, I think, the best motto out there. I really do. Oh,
2: easily, not What's made? not bad? I think it is a vacation land.
1: Yeah, but I mean, come on, live for or die? Well, I know, I know. <laughs>
2: compared to live free or die, I know.
0: Yeah,
1: we're uh, we love New Hampshire, man. I mean. Not for the faint of heart, but it's a it's a it's home to us so
0: hell yeah man so if you guys don't already make sure you guys follow the guys on instagram lFOd underscore swim baits and uh keep an eye out and if you guys can can attend events and it sounds like you have a good chance of getting in line and getting a bait or you know keep an eye out on universe for uh for when that travel stuff does get figured out maybe you can get in line and just see see if that baits your style or even just catch a few fish on it and be content with that. But as always, I want to thank Colby and John for coming on. Uh like I said, make sure you guys follow them on Instagram. Make sure you guys follow the podcast on Instagram if you don't already, uh Scales and Tails underscore podcast. Uh when you guys are hearing this, the magazine will be dropping two or three days from now. And uh it'll be it'll be on the website, uh my website com. You can go on there buy it. It's going to be $25. But I'm pretty sure it'll be thirty dollars shipped and it'll come in a uh oh voice crack there, geez. coming a mail yeah, padded mailer. It'll be uh, on corrugated cardboard and also be in plastic wraps. So it'll be pretty pretty slick, be real deal there. And uh if you guys are subscribed to the Patreon, it's ten dollars a month or five bucks. If you subscribe to that, you get a first uh first hand pick at it. So they'll have uh, if they want one, they can buy one Wednesday night and then Thursday morning. I think if I have the dates right Thursday mornings and they'll be up on the site and got 50 of them. And if you guys enjoy that, we'll set up a subscription service for the second one. I'll figure out how to do something like that for the second one dropping in June. But I think that is about everything on my plate. Uh, Yeah, I think that's about it. So like I said, I want to thank John and Colby for coming on. Means a lot. Uh, We talked at the gathering this last year in Virginia and uh, we talked and we just kind of had never really figured it out or hadn't really touched base on it but uh john hit me up the other day and we we got something hashed out for for this recording so i'm super excited about that uh and yeah i mean it's gonna i think it'll be a really good one i hope that they uh they kind of elaborated on stuff if you guys didn't have an idea of why why you can't go into bass pro and buy one of their bass you know you now you know why (laughs) but uh like i said i want to thank thank them for coming on i hope you guys enjoyed the episode now i'll talk to you guys next time see you guys